Hello there. Even though this episode is very special, it is our big 150 after all, the call to action at the beginning remains the same. Uh, if you like this show and others like it, consider going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, we can only do this show and so much more because of your support. We're grateful for everybody who has done so, so far. Go there, check out, uh, see what you can get in terms of extra content. Uh, check out the poll that we have open for uh, for an upcoming episode topic. Uh, and moreover, just uh, just consider, you know, consider giving. Uh, again, that is at uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. So, uh, so, so the whole thing, right? Yes, flesh sack. I demand that you give in to my specifications. Okay, but you realize that by making the whole thing upside down, you, uh, the, uh, you know, stairs don't work that way, Chief. <laughs> Perhaps for you, but I have my own way of traversing the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the boss, but uh, I guess that's why they call you Impracula. Did you say? I said we're getting into into golden time. You know, you you want you want me to start in this upside down uh, this year upside down charnel house or uh... no? In Pracula, uh, set adrift on a memory of bliss. The, uh, the 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 PM Dawn song there, chief. Did I say bliss? I meant misery. Haha. <laughs> Why summon Gogit from the terminus on either end when I can make a direct route with my fangs? <laughs> Vlad, you idiot. Don't you know that Gogurt is best served from the proper tearaway part of the Gert shoot? <laughs> Vlad Dracula? More like Impracula. <laughs> <laughs> That is why the name Impracula is unto a stake in my heart. What's that? Man, you gotta be quiet. You're distracting me from working on this uh, this year basketball court. What are you? Some sort of uh, some sort of Shacula? <laughs> Shacula? It's been years since I've heard that name. How about these? My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a podcast. Yes, where we talk about video games in depth. And this week we are talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is a platformer developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation in 1997. This is a very special episode. We are at uh, episode number 150, Gary. 
Yeah, 150. It seems like just yesterday when it was episode 100, when we did that <laughs> that uh, uh, Castle Troid, uh, <laughs> that mar- hallmark of the genre. Man, Castle Troid sounds, sounds like some sort of uh, incredibly upsetting calcified sore. And Castle Troid, yeah, it sounds like a fistula, mm, but ugh. like a yeah, Castle Troid. Yeah, no, like, especially the castle. It's like C A L C, like cal cals. Oh yeah, Castle Troid. Like, yeah, yeah, Castle Troid. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to content, um, <laughs> <laughs> Gary. We're gonna summon some kind of weird demon. Yeah. He, um, so this is episode one fifty. Thanks for for sticking with us for all this. Yeah. This is um, uh, you know on the round numbers we like to do uh, you know kind of these these very uh, popular, well regarded, great kind of uh, you know semi perfect or well regarded games. You know this is joining the ranks of things like Earthbound or Super Metroid. Or Gary X Men Legends two, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of fucked that one up because two episodes later we did uh, <laughs> we, we did Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure we I'm sure we had a reason. for Yeah, seventy five never uh, gets its due. <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunate that was a that was a mistake. But we can you know we can switch those around at the old episode order, and then we'll just uh, it'll just sound real weird. Just deny it. Yeah, yeah. The um yeah alternative facts. The uh. Mm. uh so welcome to the content you crave. Um, before we get into the, the episode, uh, real quick, we're going to talk about a, a brief change to the show, mm-hmm. uh, show format. Um, so we, uh, the whole time we started out, we started out as an old games podcast. Um, but games are big. There are lots of games. And uh, we just did our Dishonored 2 episode. We've done some kind of more modern games in the past. And every once in a while, we come across a game and we're like, is this, is this too new? And then we realize, like, oh, that's kind of a silly question because there's no governing body. Um, we can make a special exception for it. But instead of doing that, I think we're going to just kind of make a blanket exception moving forward. Yes. Um, so what does that, what that means um, is that uh, probably more frequently we're going to do some new games. And we're kind of moving away from branding ourselves kind of as this retro thing. Um, it's not going to actually make that big of a change. No, no. The because the, the games we like by and large are still pretty old. Yes. Like the, the median year of stuff we've covered is like 1999, 2000. I don't think that will change. Most games take place uh, or were made in the past. Most of everything, actually, <laughs> uh, is in the past. Like, most people lived in the Like, that's weird. You know, if you go down that rabbit hole. But almost everything has already happened. <laughs> right. Um, so the uh, uh, that's gonna, that's not going to change. But, you know, a few times a year, uh, you know, three to four, you know, probably like, I, mean, I guess like a, like a one to four or one to five ratio, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit less. And we're going to do something more modern. Uh, this doesn't mean we're going to go chase some waterfalls. Right, um, right. We're, yeah. you know, we're still sticking to the rivers and the streams that we're used to. Like, it's, it's going to be, um, <laughs> it's you know... <laughs> not, not call of duty like you know it's not we're not trying to cover the new hotness right so we still want to if you picture hype and backlash as this weird little sine wave uh that uh, diminishes over time and stabilizes we want to talk about stuff when it stabilizes so we're not going to be you know if if the review is still on the front page of polygon we're probably not going to be covering it so you don't have to worry that we're the you know following along with the show is going to become a more expensive proposition or that like you know the pressure to have played something is going to go up you know it's still going to be relatively you know things the things that are non-current yes even though every once in a while like something as as current as dishonor 2 will stick in there mm-hmm. um especially if it's you know because the the thing that um part of the the impetus behind this change other than just the fact that we want to um is that there's a uh, uh the coverage you know even though there was a lot of coverage for Dishonored 2 there wasn't anything really close to like what we did mm-hmm. um so when something like that comes out that we want to cover um you know it's it's not like anybody else is really doing that right 
Um, so, and this is, it's going to be more like I, when we say new, it's going to be more like something from like 2014 mm-hmm. is going to sneak in there, you know, things like that, kind of like uh, more modern games. And we, we already kind of did that. Like that's the oh, thing yeah. that's going to be, it's not that much of a change, the, you know, um, it's just going to be less of this kind of disclaimer every single time we do it. <laughs> right. So the, the, the dissonance is caused by the, by, by the difference between what we, what we call ourselves, which is our retro game show at the beginning of every episode and on most of our marketing and stuff. And those times when we, when we break from it, if we can easily get rid of that dissonance by just rebranding ourselves to be more about what we actually are, like a then book club, all of a sudden, game that's club a good thing. Yeah, podcast. game club, book club kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, is Watch Out for Fireballs, a game club podcast. Right. Which is how we describe ourselves like, like conventions and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so just think, just a, it's not going to actually make that big of a change, mm-hmm. I think, for people listening. But you will see some kind of more modern stuff slip in. There's some other possible changes down the road. We're not ready to talk about them just yet because right. we're still deciding. But, um, you know, we love the show. 150 episodes is a big deal. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is out of the stuff we do on the network. You know, um, this is this is always I think this is our best work. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're, we, you know, uh, maybe you know something with 2017 is to one way or another. There are a couple of different ways it could, with this could articulate, but uh, start treating it, you know, like the flagship. Yes. Uh, kind of thing on the network. It always has been. Um, but let's start, you know, kind of expanding and respecting it and, and, and really kind of doing neat things with this, this format. Yeah. And hopefully uh, you're going to be along for the ride. Absolutely. Um, we still welcome uh, constructive feedback about this mm-hmm. decision. Like we're not, that doesn't mean we're going to necessarily capitulate. Someone's like, I'm not sure I like that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're going to do it, but we do want to hear from you whether you like it or not. Um, or, you know, if you have uh, ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. So don't, never be afraid. Like, you know, respectful, constructive feedback is always welcome. We've always talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel this decision is not exempt from that. Right. So you can uh, feel free. But I honestly think it's not going to actually change the product that much. <laughs> that if the worst case scenario of this in your mind is like, oh, this is just going to start call- covering, like, you know, every Call of Duty that, that comes out. Um, that's not going to happen. Yeah, because so that's like not the, what we play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we're not we're not interested in that, you know. Um, but there, part of it is kind of, um, you know, when I was kind of talking about this idea uh, in our, our Slack channel, somebody pointed out, it's like, this show has been going on for a long time. Like, you're kind of running low on those tentpole uh, retro releases, you know? Like, we've got, like, Ocarina and Chrono Trigger to do, like, when when we have, <laughs> uh, you know, big round numbers and stuff. Like, there's we were obviously not running out. There's tons of games. Yeah. But we are, like, hitting the point where expanding our definition of what we can cover is going to be useful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why couldn't, like, Metal Gear Solid Five be a, a temple release episode to cover? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, that's a game, like, totally worth talking about. Really interesting. You know, there's lots of stuff to it. Like, just kind of uh, expanding our definition is going to be, uh, help us out in planning and just kind of help us keep the show feeling fresh and good. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're doing, you know, the 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 best, this show, specifically, like, at the risk of, you know, tuning our own horns too much, is the best it's been. Yeah. You know, like, I think that, this, uh, that we're, uh, you know, this show has gotten better as it's mm-hmm. gone on. Yeah. And, you know, working on something for six years continuously, like it is unreasonable to say that that is not going to change Um, just because, you know, you either get itchy feet or you, you know, just run out of those possibilities again. So, like, this is us at 150, this milestone, putting down just kind of like a notice or a marker saying, like, the future of the show is actually really exciting. And then, like, by 300, it's just going to be like a frozen pizza. (laughs) <laughs> like review show or something like that like it's just gonna be mm. we'll have we'll just get that 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 you know six-year itch and just be like oh man <laughs> like i can't i like the the format is not like i love the format so yeah. it's not even that and we're still there's still weird stuff like uh like a next episode we're gonna weird uh 
game I hate. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there's still weird stuff we can do that I still am totally into doing. It's not just these, but kind of, you know, uh, a couple of big things like doing that Dishonored episode, doing like our, our month and a week of Neverwinter Nights 2, things like that are, are kind of informing, uh, you know, some of the decisions we might want to make with what we do with this. Yep. Um, yeah. So stay tuned for, for more uh, changes. There, there are more changes potentially on the horizon for this. Yeah. Um, none of it involves it going away or doing less or diminishing our standard of quality at all. Nope. Um, I think so. The uh, keep an eye out. And we thank you guys for keeping sticking with us. Yeah. Well, Gary. Yeah. Um, let's get on to uh, something tonight. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. This is what we all showed up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a Symphony of the Night, a platformer developed and published by Konami uh, for the PlayStation 1997. Um, this game is a Metroidvania, and what that means is that it is largely uh, non-linear, as opposed to having levels like uh, Castlevania or branching paths like Castlevania Three. You are just kind of plopped into a big castle and set loose. Yes, and progression is gated. You know, you are, uh, you, you know, you can't go everywhere right at the start, but it does give the impression of, you know, the entire world being your oyster. Another thing that's different about this is that you don't actually play as a member of the Belmont family like you have um, in Castlevania games past. Instead, uh, you play as Alucard, who we've played as before in Castlevania 3. And the fact that he is a half vampire actually opens up a wide variety of powers for getting around the castle. The Daywalker. Yeah. <laughs> the, um... Yeah, I, and I've, I always said Alucard, and then but everyone here says Alucard, hmm. uh, and it fucks real fucks me up. Hmm. It real fucks me up. I mean, both of uh, those work. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. correct you for saying Alucard. Um, in Ding Dong, it's me, the weird man. Um, he says Dracula. <laughs> of course. So it's, okay, it's so always, that, that that's canonical. Yeah, that's what makes him weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, as we mentioned, uh, the, you know, the castle is ability gated, and the way that you get around these gates is you find relics. Yeah, uh, they give you these special abilities uh, that either give you mobility powers or offensive powers or defensive powers, and allow you to kind of properly navigate the entire castle. These are things like uh, double jump, and then uh, vampiric transformations to wolf, mist, bat, uh, that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I love finding a new relic. It is a very uh, good feeling up there with uh, with with pretty much any other like game pickup you can get. It's it's the part in this where it it is like Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. Because there's like, uh, without getting into two generalities and stuff, like I love this game. There's weird things going on with yeah. its like its its risk and reward structure that are not great. You know, yeah. like there are things that like I don't like about this game, or that I think are slightly less than perfect. Like I still like them a lot, mm-hmm. but finding a new relic is like that's the the dopamine squirt. Like getting double jump is amazing. Yeah, it's like I have a totally cool new verb, and I can get to new places, and I feel better. I'm defensively stronger. Mm-hmm. I, like I the, have something to do when I'm walking back through a portion of the castle. Yes, that I've, been, I've like, been through a thousand times. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even doing it for effect. I'm just double jumping because I can. Yes. <laughs> and it's fun because this game has like amazing game feel. And it just it feels so much better than like, oh, you fight an amazing boss and you get a sword that's two level, you know, two orders of magnitude worse than whatever you're using. Right. Which is how most of the treasure works in the game. Right. Like it is, it is a weird, you know, and that's the big difference between this and, and super Metroid is this kind of like pumping it up to excess. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, you know, the super Metroid kind of formula of like finding things just kind of tiled, dialed up to 11. Mm-hmm. And there's only, you know, five or six things that you find that make a meaningful difference in how you move around. Right. Out of the, like probably, I don't know, 75 or 100 things you actually find in the game mm-hmm. uh you know as far as just in a corner or behind a boss or something like that or behind a tough room yeah only only five percent or so matter there's a lot it's, it's kind of amazing 
<laughs> there's a there's a tremendous amount of noise in like an almost literal sense like it's pretty much a roll of the dice whether or not that, that thing is going to be a better version of what you kind of already have passively equipped yeah you know and it just it just becomes very weird like the the finding a, re- uh, a relic like a movement relic mm-hmm. is always incredible right. and just like it, it just papers over so much of the kind of bad feeling of like I did all that and I got to resist thunder potion. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's, hmm. and that it becomes like way, way worse in the second half of the game, which we'll talk about. Yes. Um, boy, <laughs> I can upgrade my, from a scimitar to a falchion. Great. And then, and, and oftentimes it's not even an upgrade. Like right. I understand a, a, like a small upgrade. You uh-huh. know, oh, this does two more points of damage. That's, that's can be meaningful. <laughs> um, it's not even that it's not even the dragon age, you know, this does 0.205 frost damage mm-hmm. uh, addition. It's that it does less damage and there's literally no reason why you'd ever equip it and you can't sell it and you literally just carry around like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love you card. I have 80 swords that no one will ever touch. Yep. Um, like, here's my if, backpack full of swords. If you get 100, you turn into Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Um, oh, it's a taste yeah. we've been craving. Um, so, I mean, what we're alluding to is a new system that was added because, again, we're not a Belmont, so we're not tied to the vampire hunter or the vampire killer. Rather, um, you can pick up and use several different weapons, um, many of which share animations and are not that distinct from each other, with a couple of exceptions, like the the, the shield rod or the, or the chrysogram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have like consumable throwables, like you know, sticks of dynamite or various, you know, like not relics, but just uh, you know, things that will do damage to to, to spookies and ghosties. Um, yeah. In addition to like, th- this, is also the system that is used for health pickups, where you pick up food, have to equip it, and then throw it in front of you so you can gobble it off the floor like an animal. Yes, because it's already in my backpack, but I'm going to like <laughs> place it on this yep. uh, on the floor of this uh, you know this this sewer. Yep. Didn't already eat it. Like, yep, this the, 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 this very good, delicious looking breakfast set. Like I would yep. love to have like a you know just okay. I'm saying this like it'd be a hard thing to do, but just some kind of like physical representation of the pixel art for some of this food because whoever designed these. I just I really love these uh, low res low res pixel art food things. Oh, that it's they incredible! Have. Yeah, like yeah, well, I mean we'll get and that kind of we'll go into a whole graphical piece we'll go into yeah in a minute. But yeah, they're they're it's astounding and just the <laughs> wide variety of it. The weapons too, it should be noted, and just in case anybody is is uh, you know I'm actually us at the time, like a lot of the times the weapons are different in that they have uh, maybe it does less damage, but it has a weird edge case special yes. property that you will literally never need to use. Like yes, you can. <laughs> You know, so like maybe it's fun to do the Hadouken motion and like go into an animation where the sword like does a backswing from behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, you never need to engage in this stuff. No. Uh, to make it through your basic uh, moveset. And it kind of speaks to a general like this is not a this is a bunch of different kinds of genres imperfectly stapled together. that just happen to have so much care and love put into them that it, it feels incredible and, and plays really well and is, is great. But they're not, you know, put together perfectly. Right. You know, the fact that you can get these kind of verbs and never need to use them means there's a there's an imbalance somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if the idea is I will like and it's not just like, oh, there's this one thing you can kind of do for fun. Mm-hmm. It's there is 20 things right like this, 20 or 30 different weapons that are like that. Yeah. And uh, the, the, there are so many of them and the discoverability of how those things are implemented is, is is pretty is pretty poor. Like I have these internalized because they were listed as a pro tip in an episode or in, a, in, a, in an issue of uh, like Game Pro. Yeah, it was like, hey, do this motion with this with this weapon for a fun, you know, a fun time treat. <laughs> and and those fun time treats like having hidden stuff like that is great. Oh, it's great. I love it's mystery. So yeah. 
<laughs> it's just so weird for it to not to come up to anything, you know, like you just like, oh, I can do this. That's kind of cool looking, but it does less damage than I would do just doing attacks mm. and, you know, is worse than my actual sword I'm using now. Right. You know, it, it's like it, it's it's hidden. It's it's kind of speaks to a, a general Symphony of the Night thing of like really, really well hidden and guarded things that don't actually help you. Right. You know, and it, it just kind of goes it's it's weirdly in the face of like how games work, <laughs> you know, like you typically like you put something meaningful behind a difficult challenge. Right. Um, and Symphony of the Night just doesn't have interest in that. And like it still works like the this is the first time I played this game critically at all, because the maybe six times I've played this before this, I was just enjoyed every second of it and didn't oh. think about it. Oh, yeah. Like I was just holding on for dear life and along for the ride. Like I just yeah, like it's and, always and, been a joy. And, still I, and I still, yeah, I, I had a great time playing it. But when you start thinking about it, the unevenness it just comes to the fore. Yeah, it's, it's a weirdly weird game to think about. Like, it's a weird game. And that's why it's a cool game for the show, I think, is because it's not something that I see examined in this way that often. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's just kind of like, yeah. So anywho, the um, you can also, as part of this RPG progression, um, you can carry two things at once, uh, which includes a shield, um, which is actually the one of the things I try to do this time is like actually use the shield because mm-hmm. I never did before. Because I played it like an old Castlevania, it's actually very useful. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, it's a uh, it's really good for projectiles and the like. Yeah, and there's also like a weird stagger to it as well. Like there's a certain amount of uh, um, uh, damage that I can take before it flies away. It's uh, that's like a threshold, so it's yeah. not like uh, concurrent damage, like getting hit with three fireballs. It's just fireballs are a certain amount of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, melee attacks will almost o- or will always do that to you. Right. Knock yeah. you back. Mm-hmm. No. Um, this game is also different. It has a backdash. Uh, which mm-hmm. uh, will take you away from enemies. I ended up not using it so much as a dodge, you know, to to, to go in and then uh, get, get out very quickly for hit and run kind of stuff. But this is tremendously useful for uh, canceling animations. It makes some of the more unwieldy uh, kind of attacks a lot more viable if you're able to kind of like nimbly shift to something else using this. So it's a little yeah. bit of a fighting game kind of thing. And there's some bosses that where like the actual dodge portion of it is explicit in it. You know, yeah. like that. You know, they're meant to be used for this. Um, so it can still be useful as a dodge, but it's not quite like a you know, a dodge roll kind of thing. Right. As far as usefulness goes. Um, you also have traditional Castlevania sub weapons. Um, so your axes, your holy waters and including some new ones that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are, you know, very, very useful. Yes. Um, and again, though, it just, it does speak to this whole kind of like systems upon systems upon systems. <laughs> I always forget because I'm so used to kind of the later games that are informed because there are so many of them and I've spent more time with them probably that I have with Symphony of the Night all told. Um, they generally don't have these aside from like Portrait of Ruin. So when I come back to this and, re- and realize Alucard throws axes, I'm always thrown off for like a second. Yeah. One fun thing that I did this run through was specifically try to uh, use sub weapons I didn't use before. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, how do I use these holy ashes to be okay? Mm-hmm. And the weird though, sub weapon I never used before that I used a lot uh, during this time is the time stop. Oh yeah. Um, and like, I, n- I never really spent time with that. And this, it was my main sub weapon and it was kind of great. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that was playing, you know, again, going through the same hallways over and over. It can be, they all spend 20 hearts to like <laughs> just get past this easily. Yeah. Um, um, there's spells too. Again, systems upon systems upon systems. <laughs> yep. And you do those, um, by inputting street fighter commands. Um, yeah, I've never, uh, I've never gotten a lot of use out of these. Again, you don't have to, like, it's that weird, like, this is like a hidden system. That's like a deeper level engagement that like you never need to touch to actually mm-hmm. make like frictionless progress through the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mostly ended up uh, kind of invoking these accidentally. So when so when Alucard started warping all over the screen, it was like, oh yes, this this does exist, and I'm positive. You know, this is a game that's been broken ten ways to Sunday, um, and yes. I'm positive that they are. You know that that those do have their incredibly potent uses in certain in certain cases. I just don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of the games to know when to deploy them. Yeah, yeah. I I found in putting them a little bit fiddly. Um, I did end up using, you know, quite a few of them hmm. this uh, this run through again. In my like very, I had to be very mindful to be like I'm going to use stuff that I don't use. Yeah, that I don't need to use to play this game. Um, so I ended up using more of them, but um. And they're they're weird too. Like they they interact with each other as well. Like the easiest, the first one you get um, allows you to uh, drain hearts when you hit enemies with bleeding attacks because there are bleeding attacks. Like not mm-hmm. every enemy bleeds, so for blood attacks you'll get hearts back. Um, and the uh, you know if you're using a lot of sub weapons, uh, that's fine. But you're also getting tons of hearts because that's your main uh, kind of roombaing as you move through areas. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's just this, like this game of excess <laughs> in, in general. Um, part of that also, uh, so familiars are a, a weird kind of thing in this. They're relics that you can turn on and off that give you little buddies. Yeah, your little um, options. Yeah. Yeah, like tiny <laughs> options that, that just vary wildly in usefulness. Yeah. So you get one that can heal you, and that's very useful. But most of the combat ones pale in comparison to, to say, the sword. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the sword one's like the good offensive one. The demon can do a little bit of work. The ghost is pretty garbage. Um, but you, you mostly, uh, they end up just kind of being like available for Easter eggs. The healing one is good, but you have to buy like specific items. Right. Uh, for the, for the healing one to be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you can just kind of safely ignore it. Like there's no point where it's like, man, I would not have made it without that sword. Yeah. You know, even though the sword is fantastic and mm-hmm. there's all like, we'll get into the kind of general kind of detail porn of of this thing you mm-hmm. know but one of the i love that you can you can eventually wield the sword if you get it powerful enough mm. you know these like just tons of cool trivia like this game is literally full of tiny touches that are incredible like kojima level you know <laughs> detail porn yeah. and uh the the familiars play into that you know like the the fairy will fall asleep on your shoulder if you sit for a long time <laughs> and then gets kind of mad when you wake up when you get up like real cute things like the bat which is a garbage 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 familiar <laughs> um, we'll fall in love with you if you turn to a bat yep. <laughs> and has a little heart. And then we turn to a human, it gets a little question mark. And it's like yeah. the saddest thing. <laughs> um, that, that stuff is just, I, I eat that stuff up. Yeah. Like I love it. And it, it, it just does so much for me when things like things that you base games around, like reward structure, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like a tight combat, like a, or like a, a deep combat engine mm-hmm. aren't here. Right. You know, just little, like all the effort is put into those little things and it like, it just adds up to so much more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh boy. Uh, familiars get more useful because you can, you can level them up. The reason why I laughed when you mentioned uh, the, the, the demon is because there's one particular point. Hey, the demon talks and yeah. he will press a button for you. Uh, I guess two points. Cause you go to that room twice, but uh, you will just push a button in the background. Like, Hey chief, what's happening over here? Um, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it is ridiculous. In the Japanese version, there's a nose goblin as well. There's a goblin and a nose goblin. Yeah. That's just kind of a little fun booger joke. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of this is kind of, you know, not tied together, but supplemented or stacked with this RPG element that you can get. You can gain, you know, you gain experience as you kill enemies and this levels you up, uh, kind of increasing your stats. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can also find accessories that you can combine in uh, cool ways just by equipping them and stacking their effects. All of this was added because they wanted to make the game easier to play, or a lot of it was added um, to make the game easier for people who were not, um, you know, necessarily skilled enough to engage with kind of the the, the classic Castlevanias, um, you know, for the NES and 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 beyond uh, up up until this point, you know, and that just kind of this pattern of replacing you know player power or player skill with avatar power or avatar skill as you build it up you know, giving you this opportunity to see more and more of this game. Yes, it is is no longer based around uh, your actual kind of reflexes and skills so much as your patience. Right. Um, it's a real Dragon Quest kind of, you know, philosophy for that. Like, it, it's set out to be like, hey, anybody should be able to beat this if they spend enough time right. with it. Um, what's interesting most about this is that it, how it interacts with, uh, so the actual way that you level up and like your, your avatar strength is increased in two different ways that are, only kind of related right so you do have those level ups which do increase your stats but that makes way less of a difference than equipment and life ups Mm -hmm. which you get through exploration yeah you know so again this kind of thing that's tacked on to it (laughs) that is you know kind of inelegantly married to you know like this whole thing like frankenstein together you know (laughs) or the Um, the creature together yeah the exact exact, i was gonna yeah the the uh that's such a goofy frankenstein (laughs) um the um so you know these pickups that you find throughout the world are going to be way more meaningful right. to uh, to your progression than actually leveling up and getting, you know, a little bit more damage. Yeah. <laughs> Just again, inelegantly married is the is is a wonderful way to put this because you increase your heart. Common count. law married. We've, <laughs> yep. we've, these two elements have been common law married. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you have a heart, you have, you have hearts and then you also have mana. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's systems on top of systems on top of systems, like mm-hmm. in this weird way. And mana is for spells, but it's also for transformations in this way that makes the second half of it frustrating to me. Right. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll get to those things, but just like it is a lot of different systems that don't play together very nicely, but because the challenge level is so low, it never really gets frustrating mm-hmm. to any degree. And everything is so delightful about it that it still ends up being really, really fun. Yeah. Um, you can play as Richter Belmont um, by inputting his name at the beginning of the game, which makes this more like a classic Castlevania. Yes. Um, you only get life ups. Um, that's your, that's your treasure that you get for beating bosses, uh, mm-hmm. but you never get new weapons or anything. You just have your whip and yeah. you have a, a hugely expanded, uh, vocabulary of moves. Yeah. You can do, um, the speed runs for this game are incredible. It is a GDQ standard, um, races of this. And they always play as uh, Richter because you can just do really, really technical, neat things with his, uh, specifically with his move that allows him to uh, shoot vertically. Mm-hmm. His kind of little, uh, vault yeah. that he does. Yeah, it's a it's it's a lot of fun actually. Like yeah. it, uh, I, I I did a little bit of this um, with uh, with Richter, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a good time. Again, just m- more and more mystery, more and more kind of complexity built into this. Yeah, and um, it's hard. Yeah, if you're if you're playing as Richter, it's tricky. Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, the, is... the, the the whip doesn't it doesn't feel like the game was entirely designed for the whip. So mm-hmm. so you know there, there there is again that 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 mismatch or that unevenness. You can also in the uh, the Saturn version and the PSP version that's hidden in uh, in Bloodlines. Hey, have a new game. Just have yeah. a, a, whole, a completely well, other game inside this game. What a good bonus that is, because <laughs> both of those are fan- phenomenal. Yeah, you know, like it, it's it's really good. But you can also play as Maria then, mm-hmm. um, which also changes the game. Um, she is more based on sub weapons, but her sub weapons are very powerful. Yeah. So you can play through as kind of Alucard, you know, so kind of a little bit of everything. Richter, who is very like combat and melee focused. 
or Maria, which is very sub weapon bonus uh, yeah. based. And all of her sub weapons are summoning animals. So you get like cats <laughs> and you can shoot cats. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Maria is really fun to play through. So doing a playthrough as uh, Richter and as Maria are both fun thing, you know, fun bonuses, like yeah. meaningful, good bonuses. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we mentioned as kind of a footnote there, you know, Maria was available in the Sega Saturn version. The, Sa the Saturn version only came out in Japan um, mm -hmm. and it had uh, an exclusive area that apparently isn't very good, but the music I, is I good. I watched it. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, there's a new boss, new area. The new boss and area is not very good. Um, there are a lot of problems with it. Um, there's actually one of the very first things that is branded Retronauts is Jeremy Parrish doing a comparison of these things mm -hmm. back in the one up days. And that's a cool. I don't know if that video is still around because all the one up stuff died. Right. But um, it's pretty neat. And mostly it's it, they don't have the same kind of like effects. It's not as graphically as powerful. Right. So like water looks like garbage, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like it, it makes some kind of differences in the aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this game, um, you know, K Koji Igarashi would eventually carry this style of Castlevania game forward, but he was the assistant director in the game and kind of instrumental in making it exactly what it is. Yes. And he's the guy who made this kind of cottage industry of portable, like handheld versions of this. Yes. Um, all of like the mean for quality of those is actually incredibly high. Yes. Uh, you know, like they're not all, uh, great. And only a couple of them do I think approach uh, Symphony of the Night. Mm -hmm. um, but they are all like the worst one is still a good time. Yeah. Like they're I, still uh, good games. I, uh, I, I got the uh, the Circle of the Moon. Actually, I downloaded mm -hmm. that on the Wii U just to uh, play on the gamepad in bed. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it is it is good fun Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are those are great. And like I haven't done um, I've been meaning to revisit them. I played all of them to a, a degree, at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, the only ones I've beat i think are dawn of sorrow and order of order of ecclesia yeah uh, those, those being my favorites mm -hmm. um the um but the uh just knowing that there's like oh at any time like there's like seven of these <laughs> that i can like just go through and play and have this you know have a, a pretty good time like not quite symphony of the night good time but a pretty mm -hmm. good time yeah um the one of those i think that gets closest is order of ecclesia for me yeah me too um, order of ecclesia is is top a plus yeah, yeah. It's uh, cause and it's, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, you know, uh, we don't always love that. Like, see, you know, listen to the last <laughs> six months of bonfire side chat to hear us kind of <laughs> complaining about that, but it's hard in a good way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel unfair and shitty. It feels uh, challenging in a, in a great way. Yeah. Um, this was intended to be kind of a guidance game, uh, for the series on the 32 X. Uh, but the move to nonlinearity was kind of, and the move to nonlinearity was kind of inspired by seeing bargain bins full of old Castlevania games. Yeah. Um, the thinking being that like people are finishing these. Yeah. They're disposable. Um, how do we give this more replay value? Yeah. How do we make this, how do we make this stick around? So again, in addition to making them more accessible to people through these systems, um, just adding more and more of this depth, um, you know, on, on top of it. Um, yes. This is this is also kind of an oddity because 2D games like this were a rarity on the PlayStation. You know, there are 3D elements like the you know there's this weird sprite rotation that happens that I think looks a little bit junky. Mm -hmm. um, but that rarity of 2D games was was actually pretty artificial. Sony didn't want their console being associated with these primitive 2D graphics. So there are all kinds of like compromises that Konami had to make. And even still on the back of that, it didn't get the kind of marketing that it needed to become an immediate success. Yeah. Well, jo jokes on Sony because this is the best looking PlayStation game. Yep. <laughs> so, so like, I take your Tobal number one and get fucked. Like, this, this, this is by far the prettiest PlayStation game. Yep. Um, I don't think, and, and I'm not. I don't think I'm exact. I think I actually do think that. Like, it, yeah. it has the cadence of a joke, but like, I'm thinking, and I can't think of a prettier PlayStation game. Mm -hmm. 
You know, like this, this is, it's just, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, it is just a gorgeous, gorgeous game yeah. and it's timeless and, and beautiful. You would end up having to like go into like mm, somewhere between like Final Fantasy eight and nine for like a different kind of, you know, a different kind of beauty, but like, uh, you know, pre-rendered 2d art is, is always going to be the way to go. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and it's just beautifully animated, just very stylish and, yeah. and just the art direction, everything, everything about this game aesthetically, uh, is just slaying it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ayami Kojima, uh, no relation to uh, Hideo Kojima, uh, made her debut here as the character artist. Yeah. Um, and this is when Castlevania, because if you, it's, you know, some some people may not even remember that Castlevania used to be like big barbarian types. Yeah, it used to be Frank Frazetta style. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. And now it is all Bishon and fuckboys, <laughs> uh, of varying degrees of fuckboyableness. <laughs> like, because uh, you know, you get to Alley Card Richter, who are who are definitely Bishon and fuckboys. Yeah. And then you go to like uh, the kid from from Dawn of Sorrow, <laughs> which is just like takes his his Bishon yeah. and fuck to like a, a whole new level yeah yeah and like like specifically like um even aria of sorrow wasn't as straight up like line art anime um you know mm-hmm. again i don't mean to say the a word like there was this there was this period where it was this nice like painterly uh kind of compromise between those two mm-hmm. ideas yeah 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 um and it, it, it's you know I'm, I'm making fun of it um it works for me in general I, I think it works better in sprites than character portraits oh yeah for me um the actual sprites and stuff like having him be this kind of felt figure <laughs> definitely works for me yeah and then you know richter is a little bit much being like <laughs> looking like a revlon commercial yep. is like just doesn't match what i think of richter belmont because he's at a pre you know he's an established character like he's been around it doesn't match his sprite right like him walking around with his weird headband he looks like a contra character yeah and then his sprite comes up and he looks like this beautiful you know like duran duran video <laughs> character so yeah um, so that that aesthetic is again and elegantly married to the general goofiness of this game. I didn't I didn't know where where we would want to put put it, but this is this is a game with a with a very distinct sense of humor. It's uh, it's incredibly uh, whimsical and kind of lightheartedness uh, or lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is uh, the the stuff that you're supposed to take seriously. Like I've never been able to take as anything other than camp, <laughs> and the game uh, makes jokes. Like a lot, like there's a sense of whimsy and kind of adventure and, uh, that's throughout it. That is a really huge distinguishing thing between this and its closest, you know, comparison point, which is super Metroid. And even compared to the, the portable entries that come later. Yeah. Like there's just, there's lots of like, just kind of jokes. Like it is, (laughs) is really charming. Yeah. Uh, and that's a word I don't like to use, uh, in relation to the video game, right. Or in relation to video games because it's nonspecific. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It's like a really subjective thing. It's like, oh, don't you like it? It's charming. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that's not information. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, but it's, you're you're describing really, like six different kinds of currencies under yeah. that one, under that one word. Yeah. It's not a good word. Um, but this is, there's a, it's kind of hard to come up with another word for what this kind of does other than kind of like, I think whimsical is a really good way to put it. Yeah. Like just kind of, uh, you know, there, there are some kind of weird body horror and kind of scary looking monster designs. Mm-hmm. In it, and then there's things like um, when you get to the second castle and you go to where one boss fight is and you find a peanut in the ground. Yep. <laughs> there, you know, things like that. There's just like, oh, this is like, this is this is goofy, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that is like just really, really kind of gets, you know, works on me. Yeah. In, in, in a really, really strong way. Like like the like the ways that flea men never change. They just get flea men never change. They 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 <laughs> just they, they just get different things that they ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like just uh, but, just the like the, the the way the enemies go around you. And we talk about how again how charming Mega Man is because we have these little we have these little robots walking around, kind of serving their old purpose. This is kind of similar to that. Yeah. 
And just and just you know that comes into this like wide you know this game of being a you know this part of this game being a game of excess, it's a you know the wide variety of enemies like how long you go before enemies start repeating, mm-hmm. um, when you get to that second castle and it's like that has its problems which we'll talk about at length but the um, you run into the fact that it's just like oh here's like unique enemies, <laughs> and they're cool unique enemies like a lot of them are just really imaginative even if they're very simple to fight and just go down in two hits they just yeah. look cool and are interesting and have little weird quirks yeah. Um, you know, and we, you know, we, we, I think we may have talked about it in every single Castlevania game that we've, that, that, that we've covered, but their, their attachment to these, to these universal style horror monsters, you know, like the universal studios style horror monsters, I think works wonders for them just yeah. because of, you know, that combination of, Hey, this is, this, this is spooky, funny. I think, I think works very well for kind of like a, like, like a broader, more long lasting appeal. Yeah. And then they they actually and they get some mileage out of contrasting that with some things that are like spooky, spooky. Yeah. You know, uh, that happens with this. Um, part of the reason why it's such a joy to kind of take the tour of these is because of the soundtrack. Um, Mishiru uh, Yumami, Yumani, Yamani. Uh, Yamani, uh, did the soundtrack to this, which is uh, all kinds of synthesized organs and uh, guitars and stuff mm-hmm. like uh, it really leans into the fake instrument. <laughs> Yep. Uh, feeling and it's really really diverse there's a lot of different kind of song styles and uh the soundtrack is for me like not as like quite as catchy you know as like the the castlevania 3 uh soundtrack as far yeah, as uh, yeah. melodies go <laughs> but it is really phenomenal like really really listenable on its own and uh each each you know area has this distinct sound to it and that feels different than going stage by stage like if i'm going to revisit an area and it's like oh i see the the backgrounds and color palette of the marble gallery. I also get this song. Yeah. You know, Which, I, mean, it, I mean, I mean, just huge props to the marble gallery song. That is like such the standout. It's probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, other than the ones that are explicitly remixes of, uh, you know, Castlevania favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, in addition to that, there's also voice acting. Um, it's become kind of a meme a little bit. The original PlayStation uh, kind of bad, bad voice acting, awkward lines, awkward line delivery. Um, it was redubbed for the, for the PlayStation version uh but do your best to play the original um playstation version because you know it's just it's, again it's charming right it's more it's more fun to have the 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 kind of bad version right than the good version because to me and you know this is i'm sure this isn't how everyone thinks about it but for me like taking this storyline and these characters seriously is is a touch too far yep you know it's just it's just kind of the whole thing is kind of silly and the voice acting helps with that um trying to actually tug my heartstrings in this game uh is a mistake yeah. I think. And it, it, it contrasts with all of the other kind of goofiness to it. If it is an intention, it's inelegantly married. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's another it's a it's a beautiful like lock of hair on this, you know, this Frankenstein <laughs> they put together. Yeah. Um, you know, that just kind of doesn't work for me. So I would rather have the goofs. Yeah. Um, um, there's, there's some, uh, there, there's some release trivia. I, I, I phrased this, I phrased this next, this next bullet point as a joke. Uh, but, um, they, they were originally planning to do a game.com port of this. Which yeah. I have no idea. I mean, you've played a game.com. You, you oh, yeah. <laughs> Gary Butterfield, I, I'm, noted I'm, historian of the game.com. I've got a game.com. Uh, I'm not looking at it, but I do have, uh, I used to have it like next to my computer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I uh, it's the Resident Evil for Game Boy Color is better than the Game Boy, game.com Resident Evil 2. <laughs> so, because uh, I don't think there's a way to, if a zombie grabs you in the Resident Evil 2, I don't think there's a way to get ungrabbed. Oh, so it fun. becomes a one hit. Kill, one hit kill challenge mode great um yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i man i would love to get the symphony of the night for for gamecom though mm-hmm. like something about the gamecom is the siren song of the gamecom <laughs> i don't know what it is yeah um and we mentioned pre- you know previously the psp version in uh dracula x chronicles uh you can get that on the vita 
Um, and it's totally worth getting because Dracula X is a very good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happens to and have I, this other this other good game that is good in a different way, just embedded. Weirdly hidden. Yeah, behind like it's not, a tombstone. It's not normally, yeah, you find a tombstone and get an icon like three levels in. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Um, when I picked that up, I just want, I wanted to play Symphony of the Night first because I was due. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why do I have to like <laughs> go through this game? I eventually plan on playing, but like get three levels into it and like look up on a fact how to unlock this thing that should be a menu option. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in addition to that, um, Symphony of the Night was important for the Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, you know, th- th- that whole platform, I think, uh, is, you know, very, very important just in terms of uh, indie games and digital distribution. I don't think that we would have an awful lot of what we have if Xbox Live Arcade was not the thing it was. But mm-hmm. when Xbox was first uh, w- was first a thing for a couple, uh, couple of years, they had this dumb size restriction. I think it was like 64 megabytes because the game needed to fit on the internal memory of the Xbox of the Xbox 360 arcade version. Mm. So like nothing could exceed that. And symphony of the night was the first one that actually was able to go up to, I think 512 megabytes or something, something reasonable like that. So they kind of broke that storage ceiling. So more people could, could get access to this game because by that, by that point, even the, uh, even the greatest hits version of the, of this game was, was, was pretty expensive. Yeah. And that version is not, you know, like like all Xbox Live arcade things, like that's sitting on a bunch of Xbox 360 hard drives. Yeah. I imagine that'll just never be seen again. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, you can get uh, get it on uh, PlayStation Network. Yes. Um, in either version, we talked about the Dracula X Chronicles, but you can also just get the direct game mm-hmm. as well. Um, this has a huge legacy. Um, you know, Metroidvania uh, is, a, is a really popular genre for indie games. Um, people know, you know, it's part of the parlance, you know. Um, it's something that if you say what that is, like a game, a person who plays games will know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Castlevania series was kind of completely changed by this release. Um, you know, we have kind of this is the fulcrum on which Castlevania pivots between the earlier, like very challenging, very uh, precise, yeah. precise platformers um, that are a little bit more serious. And then everything after it, which is uh, these kind of like R- like sprawling RPG games um, with various systems kind of tacked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, to them and yeah. uh i like i'm you know get you a man that can do both like i'm I'm very <laughs> happy that i like both and that's one of the things i love about that bloodlines release for psp because yeah. you get a great representation of kind of both like arguably you know maybe not the best like i love bloodlines but i don't know yeah. if it's just arguably the best mm-hmm. uh, of kind of both presentations yeah of that yeah and uh this you know as we mentioned this is most apparent in the uh in the portable titles um, mm-hmm. which kind of follow a lot in symphony's mold to, you know, to, to, to varying degrees. Um, sometimes they reduce the complexity. Sometimes they just take it in a, in a, in a lateral move, but we, we, we talked about how, how, how awesome that wellspring is. Um, one of the things they all have in common is that they all have this kind of cu- like a bunch of systems together. Like there's nothing yeah, quite yeah. as, uh, you know, Frankenstein, as symphony of the night, but they all have like this system plus this system plus this system. Yeah. You know, like they, they stack a lot of systems on top of each other. Yep. And also um, the DS is a great, is a great fit for these because of that second screen for the map. Yeah. You know, like yeah the, and, and just on the go, like playing them on the go feels really good. Like doing it an area or a stretch. Mm-hmm. When it's sitting. Yeah. Um, they got the gang back together. Um, got the band back together to make blood uh, bloodstained uh, which is the spiritual successor to symphony of the night that got funded on kickstarter as part of uh, this kind of like second or third wave of kickstarter big kickstarter projects that was um uh, older japanese developers saying hey we can 
<laughs> we can get stuff funded we re- here. Remake our glory days. Yeah, we can, do a, we can make a Mighty, Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this looks cool. I think it's coming out this year. Um, I'm definitely going to play it. I didn't back the Kickstarter. Um, I was very worried about the animation and the and the graphical fidelity, but it looks like it's coming together okay. And it will not be a horrible uh, kind of like flash animation nightmare to look at. Yeah, I think it looks good too. I yeah. also didn't back the Kickstarter because unless something like needs me, I've been kind of easing <laughs> yeah, off yeah. that. Like yeah. I'll just keep my money and pay an extra five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it too. Yeah, you know, uh, just having that that kind of experience. One thing that's kind of interesting in reading about the creation of this, um, I didn't know where to put this in. Yeah, um, it's very weird that Castlevania Two is never mentioned. <laughs> so like when Igarashi is talking about the influence of this and talking about like taking a new direction for Castlevania and stuff, like the game has a lot in common with Castlevania too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there it's, it's never really talked about. Right. You know, and it, that's just kind of strange. Like when you talked about the, this being kind of the fulcrum on which it rests, like Castlevania two is this very weird outlier mm-hmm. that is a lot like symphony of the night. Um, even down to like kind of its, its core values of ease, you know, or being accessibility, um, and like, uh, kinesthetics, right. you know, um, so just kind of a weird thing. And this more, you know, more and more fat foreshadowing that you're going to get a Castlevania to watch out for fireballs at some point. Oh, absolutely. Cause yeah. We, yeah, we keep hinting around it and like doing <laughs> this has just made me think even more like, man, I really want to revisit that because yeah. that is a weird, fun NES version of this <laughs> thing. I also love, you yeah. know, not, not a direct one-to-one, but there, yeah. it has a lot in common with that. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's just because it's not it's not politically a good thing to invoke. And, you know, I don't mean po- politically in the sense that everything is, is, is political here. But, like, you know, like, Castlevania 2 kind of got memory hold, just like, you know, Zelda 2 did. Yeah. A, a little bit, or, or Metroid 2. Like, any of these, any of these weird um, follow-ups to something that was initially very successful that may have been mined for some of its more appealing bits, but then just got kind of left by the side of the road. Yeah. It's kind of a good idea for a poll. Like if we did Metroid 2, Zelda 2, Super Mario Brothers 2, and Castlevania 2 <laughs> as a poll, like the, just the weird, like the second sons, <laughs> you know, of the the of that the NES era, because mm-hmm. uh, they are all uh, kind of disparaged. I mean, obviously, the I think the one of those that fared the best is is Mario 2, but yeah. the um, it's still a weird outlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Some uh, speaking of weird outliers, you know, we recently on on Abject Suffering covered Castlevania 64. But there was this point of divergence between 2D Castlevania and 3D Castlevania that uh, ultimately got separated on console versus handheld lines, yeah. right? But for a while there, both of those kind of coexisted, you know, at roughly the same time, at least in the same half of the half of the 90s. Um, boy, oh boy, is 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 one just better? Yeah. And, and I, if one of <laughs> one of those branches was going to rot and fall off, it would be 3D Castlevanias. Yeah. Like I have, I have pretty much no no interest in 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 those, and any of them I played have felt like shallow iterations on games I could play that do it better. Like yeah. I'm not the biggest God of War fan in the world, but like it's better than those those more re- recent 3D Castlevanias. Mm-hmm. Like it is a better game. Yeah, you know. Um, so so yeah. So so sucks to your your 3D Castlevanias. <laughs> I, under, <laughs> um, I understand some might be better than others, Curse of Darkness or or, or whatever, but. It is. It is very. It's a very stark contrast to put them next to each other. I think so too. Even yeah. even my least favorite of like the the two D handheld Bishon and Fuckboy Castlevanias, I like more than the best three D Castlevania I played. Yeah. So kind of the, the way the game kind of sets up and, and starts, um, we start in a... This is a really... I've got another way that this is kind of new is this cinematic focus. 
Because there's an element of this in Bloodlines. You know, but this ending, starting with the end of another game, is kind of weird and cinematic and meta in a way that's very cool. Yeah, the end of another game that didn't show up here in America. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But again, this was never planned to, to come. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so like it picks up like, hey, here's a like it's it's almost framed like a flashback, you know, the end of Bloodlines as you are playing as Richter, and you know you have Richter's moveset, you have the whip, doing a very simple kind of dungeon that is the approach to Dracula's throne room again, climbing those those iconic stairs, you know, to uh, to, to to get there and kind of reenact the final fight of this of this previous game. Yes, um, and you get up and you get to this this fight, you get this little confrontation. You know, uh, of them, that's kind of a famous kind of meme conversation. You steal men's souls and make them your slaves. Perhaps the same could be said of all religions. Your words are as empty as your soul. Mankind ill needs a savior such as you. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. But enough talk. How about you? Between them, it's it's up there with like you are the master of unlocking. You know, something about <laughs> PS One era voice acting really captured a generation's <laughs> meme nation. Like, yeah, it really it really taught, it taught a whole generation ironic appreciation. Yeah, ex- exactly. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, you don't belong in this world. Uh, and then uh, Dracula's famous line. Um, Jill sandwich. I don't know what it is. Yeah, Something like that. It's, it's a uh, what is a man a miserable pile of secrets. I wonder if that line would have actually landed as well as it did, or uh, become as iconic if he didn't. It uh, right before he said it, throw a glass of wine at the floor. I I, I love that animation. <laughs> Me too. When he does that, um, it's a, this is actually a quote. Um, that thing. It's an it's an Andre Malraux quote yeah dracula uh, was a, a Dra- french novelist <laughs> dracula really loves to uh, uh uh quote without citation yeah yeah <laughs> stuff that the audience will definitely not know what it is <laughs> um i i've never thought that line is actually quite as bad as the world has thought it is bad no no like it's like it's... yeah like I, I think that that's a pile of secrets that seems that's evocative and kind of cool yeah it's just know. it's it's uh it's out of place I oh, it's, it's, I, it makes no sense. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's again. I can't take it seriously. It's mm-hmm. just kind of funny and, and goofy. Yeah, it's kind of a cool line, but the delivery is is bug nuts. <laughs> what is a man? He's I'm I'm crank. We go kids today. Next next time on sixty minutes. You know, like this. This like he's got this. Like Dracula is a real Andy Rooney figure in this. You know. Uh, you know, it used to be you'd knock over a man's bicycle and you'd break his heart. <laughs> Anymore, kids don't pull up their pants. What are they? Piles <laughs> of secrets and more. You know? <laughs> Some say they're piles of secrets, but with their, with their pants sagging as much as they are, I don't think they have enough secrets. <laughs> secrets, and that's my my cranky corner. <laughs> um, you know, so so Richter got bought tickets to Andy Rooney live uh, up there. And you fight him. Yeah. Um, you can't lose this fight. But no. And again, just the kind of amazing like details in this game, how well you do uh, influences a host of Alucard stats. Yeah. So if you if you beat him, if you beat him with certain weapons, if you picked up a certain number of hearts, if you did X, Y or Z, uh, it's going to make an effect on your main game. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool. And it all leads into a really famous glitch where you get to uh, skip your kind of depowering moment. Yep of this so <laughs> yeah so i i love actually throwing this uh unlosable boss fight in and making it an invisible difficulty slider at least yeah. for the for, for, for the for the opening uh for the opening of the game um yeah. so elegant like in the and the boss fight it's it's pretty much exactly what you would expect from a dracula fight you know he will teleport around and throw these fireballs you know the the the, the spread shot and then turns into a turns into a big monster 
uh, for, for you know for, for for the final part. The reason you can't lose is because Maria will like come in and cheerlead you and 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 raise your raise your health bar. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and then a scroll wipe into uh, the story that kind of <laughs> says where what happened. Yes. Yeah. So after uh, you know after after Richter did this, you know he disappeared along with Castlevania, Dracula's castle, and Maria went around you know looking for him. And although the castle usually only appears once a century, it is four years later and it is back again. Yes. Uh, back again. Back with friends. <laughs> um, and this wakes Alucard from his slumber. Yeah. Um, this Alucard is... last seen in Castlevania 3. Yeah. Uh, centuries ago. Yeah. yeah. In terms yep. of in terms of the timeline. People wrote in to say that there is a Castlevania timeline that came with uh, Portrait of Ruin. And I probably have that in a box somewhere. Timelining this stuff. Like, I mean, this again, this is your mileage may vary for listening to this. This is not a judgment. I think the more time you try to spend, like, figuring out a timeline for Zelda, Metroid, or Castlevania, yeah, uh, the the more time you have wasted. It's a, it, it, it's a little, it, I think it's ultimately fruitless. Like, it's a little bit easier with this just because they like they name what year it's set in. Like, this is in the 1790s. It's, it's not even so much about it being like a, a, a Kyodian quotient. Mm-hmm. What do you pronounce like Kyodian? Like Don Quixote and his quotient? No, that's a, that's a different thing. Quixote, 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 yeah, yeah, Quixote. Um, not, it's not just that it's like it's hard to do. It's just that what you're going to get for it doesn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, like it doesn't make the my enhancement. It doesn't make enhance these games for me. Right. To know, you know, to know this stuff. It's worth mentioning uh, here just because this is a direct sequel to Dracula. Yeah. X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are people who do care about it. If you do care about it, that's, that's, you know, if it does help your in, enjoyment, yeah. that's good. Yep, I it care, just doesn't help mine. I care way too much about the story of Resident Evil. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I weirdly care about that too. But I, it's hard. I timelines is a real line for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like, I won't go. I won't go full timeline <laughs> on one of these things. Like, I do care about the the story of Resident Evil. And like, oh, this became the G that became the T, and then the progenitor <laughs> became the like. It's 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 nonsense. It's not. It's like it's a better story like timeline <laughs> than this or storyline. I just like. I don't know. Yeah. Um, something about like the, these kind of games being these kind of action games makes me not want to care about their place and the fact that I don't think the stories are generally very good. Right. Right. Um, you at least not like are, are not very essential. Right. Anywho, um, you start off with this kind of uh, entry thing where uh, Alucard runs and gets into the castle right before they close the door on him. Uh, <laughs> stylish as fuck. Yep. Like it is uh, just showing you know everything about how Alucard like animates and stuff is just like super badass in yeah. a way that is resonant with me i'm trying um, to figure out what gameplay purpose his ghosting serves actually like it's as just he, to look cool yeah <laughs> i don't think it has a gameplay purpose at all i think it's just supposed to look cool yeah um because he has this little like ghost you know this little trail he, loves, he leaves is, little after images yeah. and his his walk cycle um he kind of moves slower than you'd think for his walk cycle mm-hmm. uh but it still just kind of makes him look like strident uh you know <laughs> as opposed to kind of in a hurry yeah to get somewhere it's it's all like really great yeah um and you do this little uh, this little tutorial part um, where they are uh, very explicitly uh, showing you how to operate Alucard without any risk, right? Because you are super powerful mm-hmm. at this point. You have your your end game equipment um, in this thing, and uh, they want to say like, "Hey, you know, this is how you attack. This is how you jump. This is how you climb stairs. This is how you backdash." Right. Like all from the the start. Yeah. Which uh, you know became it's 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 hard to say like how much that actually started here you know but like that 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 is a thing about metroidvania games where they will start you out completely powerful and then you know make you build back to that from zero yeah. so yeah 
It, it's yeah, it helps to have that contrast because it makes your your empowerment feel meaningful. Yeah. They have something to compare it to. Mm-hmm. And also you're in the entryway, entryway, which is, you know, a, ver- a very easy uh, kind of place to uh, fight. You have mostly uh, mostly zombies and mermen. You know, you have a couple of different a uh, couple of different kinds of attacks yeah. that are that are going to come out here. How how good do the, the clouds in the background of this look? Pretty great. <laughs> like like this is so the backgrounds of this game are so fucking good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's it, it, it is a very good and very canny use of 3D. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super tasteful, mm-hmm. you know, like using something like 3d as a, as a, a tool as an, as an embellishment. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, just, just, yeah. you know, me kissing my two fingers and then putting them towards the ceiling and looking up like that is, <laughs> that is, it is, it is just, mm. Mm. we call that the football God. Thank yeah, the f- football god thing. It's just like, you know, I want to thank God for this mm, 3D use. Mm. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it's just very impressive. It looks so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So fucking cool when yeah. you get into this thing. Like, <laughs> You're going to spend so little time here. Like, it's, you know, it's going to pop up in different places, too. There's almost like, no reason to come back. Like, yeah. you come back and it's just like, oh, great. <laughs> Here's an owl night I can fight outside, yep. uh, which is cool, but just like, there's not, you know, you don't get a lot for it. Right. Um, the, uh, <laughs> So anyway, so you make your way up and you run into death. Yeah. And it's another little dialogue uh, part where yeah. like death gives you a, a real villain speech. Like, don't don't try it. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you can't do it. <laughs> yep. You're never going to find your father and kill him. Yeah. Yes. And then he uh, he depowers you. He steals all of your equipment. So your a la carte gear is gone and you uh, do at least a small part of this entryway with just your fist. Yeah. 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 Which is which is cool. And there's a way to skip this. Um, as you mentioned, if you perform a certain way in the uh, the dracula fight you have very very low health and you can make an enemy hit you past death hmm. so he knocks you further into the game so you skip this thing and you can start the whole game <laughs> with your alley card gear yeah um which it's which already is, an easy game so yeah i mean you know, it's just it's just for novelty because i think yeah. that in addition to beating dracula a certain way you have to put in the code that gives you low stats but 99 luck mm-hmm. uh to do that so you end up with like pretty shitty stats yeah uh, so it kind of balances out, but you're drop find. And that's where, you know, there's a whole wealth of people like this will never be an appeal for me, but there are a whole wealth of people who play this game as a collectathon. Yeah. Like the idea is to get all the stuff and fight all the enemies. And that kind of thing is not, uh, you know, is not fun for me, but it's fun for other people. And this yeah. is a way to do that. Yep. It's good that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of start out and you uh, make your way through this, this first area. Um, at first, your candles don't do anything, but you get the cube of Zoe. Uh, which allows items to drop from candles. Yeah. And a kind of basic functionality has now been mapped onto these relics that you can turn on and off for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, why you'd ever want to turn them off. Like a weird challenge mode where like you don't know the names of enemies. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, you get the, you get your first relic and it's kind of teaching you that you're going to regain these, these abilities. Yes. Yep. And you also get your first, uh, your first sword and you're off to the races. In the uh, you head to the alchemy laboratory. On your way here, there's a save point. Um, that that fact always looked cool to me when I was very young. <laughs> uh, going into the big B twenty. Yeah, the yeah the the the, ro- the rotating icosahedron or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, is it here? Do you, you run into your first teleporter room, but there's nothing to attach it to? Yeah, it's uh, you can't it's, get it's, in there. It's over. It's over to the left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's another mechanic that uh, you know there is a way to kind of fast travel around large swaths. Mm-hmm. 
of, uh, of the castle that is semi-useful. Um, I, I think it's a little bit inelegant to like check my map every time to see where I'm at. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, like, ha- they have different busts that you're supposed to be able to associate with different areas, but I would rather have just had text, I think. Yeah, me too. It's also a little bit inelegant just because of the way the loading has to work because this, you know, was a game on CD. The, um, the, like the, the warp area has a loading, um, kind of pathway between it. Yeah. So you pretty much always have to run through what feels like one too many screens to go out and check your place. Um, you know, if you're not looking at the map, the, uh, if, if you just need to understand like how those work, you just go clockwise. So you're yeah. going to go around the castle in a clockwise fashion. Yeah. But I mean, still, I don't you know necessarily memorize how many stops it is on the, like if that had brought up a map and you could just choose which oh, yeah. one you want to go that's to. That's what that's, they would eventually do later on. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that significantly would have been better. Yeah. Um, but you were into the first of uh, those. I don't think you can get to it yet, but you run to it around here. Yeah. Um, but your first major area is the alchemy laboratory. <laughs> hanger. And how would like just cool and deep. I mean, God, I'm going to keep going over this stuff, but how cool <laughs> and detailed is this with like the lab equipment? Yeah. And the, uh, the little like the busts and the, the candles on tables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's full of clutter in a way that like, uh, is meaningful, yeah. you know, and gives it, it, it's a way easier place to explore. Like we're going to, we're kind of doing this concurrently while we're playing salt and sanctuary for bonfire side chat. Mm-hmm makes a huge difference to have this like very very uh if you're trying to you know i mean yes you have a map but even if you didn't have a map i can at an instant read tell where i'm at inside the alchemy laboratory mm-hmm. whereas every indoor area in salt and sanctuary looks the same to me right you know um it just it has its own color palette music all these things add up to make it feel very distinct mm-hmm. yeah and it just uh they're not stingy with the assets here um, yeah. You know, like just uh, each of these different places is going to have its own clutter that you can destroy. Oftentimes, you know, the clutter is going to conceal something important, either either an item or a weapon uh, that will that 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 will be useful to you. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's great. I love I love busting up some early Meyer flasks. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. them flasks. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, this is also this introduces this very like it's never again seen in the game. This like puzzle element of like pushing blocks on top of these spikes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like you could you could just doing this area, you could be blamed for thinking the rest of this game is going to be a very different experience mm-hmm. uh, than it is. But that just more or less entirely goes away. And yeah. the puzzle element just gets not, there's one little place where you trick a, a skeleton monkey into throwing a barrel. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, other than that, though, it's all just if you come at this from the right side, you can interact with it in a way that opens it up. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you can do if you come at it from the other side. And that's the puzzles in this game. Right. You know, it's very strange, like the way that it uh, it they are concentrated in this area. Right. Yeah, yep. uh, and I'm I'm happy that they didn't carry that stuff through. <laughs> but it's because I mean it, it kind of just plays into that general inelegant marriage because most of those puzzles won't have meaning when you have as much traversal yeah, as many traversal yeah. you know options as you do. Yeah, you don't have to and, like you know puzzle over actually like getting that getting that red red bone skeleton to stand on top of the floor switch to raise the elevator because elevators which, become meaningless. Well, yeah, once you can fly, like almost all of this traversal stuff becomes optional. Yeah. You know, um, and it's just, it's, you know, again, a weird choice. Uh, <laughs> and in this early part, you know, yeah. it, it zigs doors away. It's not going to ultimately zag. Right. Um, so we're fighting skeletons. Uh, we're fighting regenerating skeletons. We're fighting <laughs> Axemen. I love, I, I love the, uh, the monster manual entries for these things. Um, because like the red bones, because they're covered in blood, they can stand back up. Mm. Um, I just, I will always go in and read those codexes because there's uh there's funny little trivia in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the skeleton warriors, you know, they'll throw their bones in an arc. Uh, you have uh, these poison drippers, uh, which sounds like the worst snack food in the world. In, in the world, um, I forget what they're actually called, but uh, poison they, drippers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The um. Yeah, and and then Axemen. So this is classic Castlevania enemy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, zones. Mm-hmm. 
here. Uh, and you're making through these large kind of vertical swaths, like doing the, the, these jump puzzles. Um, you get the item that lets you see enemy names somewhere around here, um, that relic. Uh, but mostly you're making your way to the save point past this in order to go to the first boss. Yes. Um, uh, Slogra and Gaiban. Yeah, uh, man, it's it's going to be a hard a hard habit to break not to not to put in a pause after boss names. Yeah, <laughs> and to play that iconic Slogra and Gaiban music. <laughs> um, um, it's pretty great that one you know your first real boss fight in the game is a uh, it's a team up. Yeah, and these are these are a boss from uh, the last game, I think. Yeah, and these are from oh, they're from Castlevania Four. Okay, never mind. And these guys are from Super Castlevania. Yeah. Um. So this is a a gargoyle and a lizard man with a spear. <laughs> and uh, they kind of team up. Um, they do the thing where one of them dies, the other one gets angry. Uh, they initially seemed hard, uh, or not hard, but like they're more challenging until, like I said, I was trying to make a concerted effort to block. Yeah. Um, once you realize you can block all the fireballs, they are pretty pretty elementary. Yeah, they're easy to duck too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, you know, that's a kind of new thing. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly, you know, you're in this big wide open arena. It's not like a single room. Um, boss fight like a lot of Castlevania stuff is and they're doing this team up where you know Gaibon will or whichever one I forget which is which will uh, will, will carry the other one and then have them do like a dragon spear drop on you yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah if you kill one versus the other the other one gets a little bit more powerful like like your orange scene or your smo ding um, yeah uh, you can get to, you can make kind of a, a shortcut here that you'll never use. Uh-huh. Um, but pass this by using this elevator back to the alchemy lab. Thing. <laughs> and you get the cool shades, which again, just that detail porn thing um, gives you plus one defense, but minus one intelligence. Yep. You turn, uh, you turn into a real Johnny Cage. Yeah. Well, you turn into a vampire from Blade. <laughs> like you, you go, you turn into a Blade Pyre. Like, like, a, <laughs> like a disposable shitty vampire. Yeah. Like I'm part, part of the Blood Squad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, I am. Hi, I am a Steven Dwarf. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I like Stevens and I like Dorf. <laughs> you put them together. Steven on golf. Hi. Yeah. Uh, lolly. Make make sure um, you keep your left arm straight. I've been Steven yeah. on golf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, you also run into these these blood uh, blood vampire guys mm-hmm. that just explode in blood, which these things are the best. Yep. They're, 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 <laughs> I love these guys. Like their only thing is they just take a couple more hits. I think they're technically zombies, but they're not as far into the zombification process. But yes, they will they will explode in a fountain of blood. It's it's really really fun to you know to have happen. <laughs> yep. It's very fun. Um, yeah. You end up in the the marble gallery next, uh, which is my my music of the game. Uh, I mean, m- most assuredly, there's some that like gets your blood pumping better, but like this has that cheesy, that cheesy synth um, uh, organ, yeah, synth organ kind of kind of ah. instrumentation to it. Pretty great. Um, this intro- introduces a lot more enemies who are going to like camp out at the side of screens and uh, uh, kind of throw like boomerangs at you. There are two different types of like throwers in this, mm-hmm. along with like these uh, these floating mannequins who will do kung fu on you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, floating, floating, and those things are really creepy. As well as uh, Ouija tables, <laughs> like little little ta- little animate table mimics. It's like little tea sets that'll uh, that, yeah. that that'll like fling their cups at you. Start hobbling towards you, like <laughs> wait for me. There's that um, there's that one right outside the save room, which uh, yeah. which, which which you're always just going to like bowl over. Yeah, uh, love love these guys. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're kind of just making your way through here. There are a couple of jumps you can't get to. 
uh, here, which kind of show you like, oh, I'm going to come back with a double jump. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and they put a, put a little treasure treasure cask up there. Yeah. Um, the, you're still probably using your short sword. You're not getting meaningful treasure just yet. Not yet, no. Yeah. Um, and there are two ways you can go. Actually, like if you if you head downward, you're going to go back to the go back to the alchemy lab. Um, you know, and, and, and back to the beginning, but, um, this whole gallery area, uh, is, uh, is full of these tough, like giant flail armor kind of guys. And then weirdly enough, uh, a Cthulhu, which does not want to fight. Unlike his, his older brother later on who does want to fight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a big, a big brain tentacle face guy <laughs> kind of comes through and the kind of enemies in this game can largely be split up into like, I feel like three kind of categories. Yeah. Um, like, you know, your skeleton, you know, mob enemies, yeah, your yeah, big set piece enemies and your, your harassment enemies. Right. Right. You know, like, uh, it's either Medusa head skeletons or, you know, big guys. Yeah. And, uh, in a hallway you'll have, you know, usually just one of those three things. Like they don't do a lot of mix ups. Right. Um, sometimes they do, but it's pretty rare that they do, right. do that. Um, yeah. there's a huge variety in how they actually, you know, articulate down to the fine level, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if you go upward instead, this is, you know, one of the ways you can progress by uh, meeting Maria in the clock room. This room is going to be very important, but this is the first time that Alucard has kind of encountered her and she kind of like, uh, asks what our deal is. I love the um, the hallway on the way to the clock room with just the, the row upon row of like grandfather clock <laughs> yep. in the background. It's very surreal and like, you know, just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, um, and that also introduces uh, some of the larger uh, plant enemies that will petrify you. Yeah, these well. things. Yeah, which is a a, a non status effect. Like it's mm-hmm. it's there's no hazards around here, so getting turned into stone doesn't actually matter. Right. Yeah. Um. It just it just it's a time tax. It's a weird like I can go into my potion and use a thing. You know, or this just, is just annoying though. Yeah. Just or, wait it or, out. Or, or just rock your D pad and then yeah. and then be done. Yeah. There's a, a weird little uh, trivia thing. Every once in a while, Alucard will turn to a gargoyle mm-hmm. instead of his normal stone self. <laughs> like, uh, which is just kind of weird. But every once in a while, he turns into a gargoyle because this game is full of little details. Yeah. Um, yeah so Uh, this plant this clock room is kind of important um right now you can't get anywhere in it but it actually has uh what is it what would it be six six and exits right uh and it is right now we can just kind of go through it but eventually we'll be able to go up in three different directions and Mm -hmm. go down yes here yeah uh like those uh so this thing moves not in real time but there is a day night cycle in this game very weirdly And I think yeah, those, the, yeah. those upper ones, like it's gated in a couple of ways, either which direction you approach it from and also like they will open up at different times once you have uh, once you get it's, to the places around it. Yeah, there, there's different there's different ways that it, it does it. Um, one opens up when you use the clock item. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, time based um, and the floor is based on having items. Mm-hmm. And the middle one is based on something else. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're all different. Like one of them is, is based on the day night cycle, though. OK. Um, and it will it will go a certain you know a certain number of, of minutes after you enter it. Yeah. Um, the day night cycle when you there's no seeing the sun is a little bit weird. Yeah. It's yeah. like how my life has a day night cycle and I don't know why. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't need it. I, um, but you get items that affect it. Like oh you're more powerful at night. Oh you're more powerful in, during the day. Yeah. Um, so Again, it just kind of gives you this. Yeah. Systems within systems. Yeah. Systems and systems. Um, you make your way past. There are these like these awesome like lizards with women for tails <laughs> uh you fight on your way here i love uh, these things these things are really great um just yeah. like really cool imaginative design yeah. um we should also mention again and that systems and systems thing you're also collecting money yep 
this whole time like god is it just like, it is a, <laughs> throw it all in yep um because that that ended up being a real non-starter for me too like i don't there's not very much use for money in this game no not really um, like they're like early like early game upgrades or just getting consumable potions yeah, buying buying a, uh, you know tons and tons of potions i guess yeah. um you get to eventually make your way through here you get to the outer wall Right. Um, and this is kind of this is always a real like the, the Castlevania starts here moment for me. Yeah, um, I really like this area. I really like the atmosphere here. Me too. Um, specifically because like going from the chill marble gallery to this, uh, you know, kind of more hectic music, you see the, uh, like the, the clouds whipping by in the background with the wind and also the fact that this entire thing is kind of, uh, organized vertically, uh, makes it, makes it a little bit more difficult to, uh, to, to to navigate and fight along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can head all the way to the bottom here if you want to. Um, and get some kind of like you go there's this this real cool little uh telescope <laughs> you can look through um this this weird little lounge which like man if i had this castle this little like thing that hangs on the bottom of the yeah, castle the, 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 the hanging lounge i would never be able to relax in that no 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 it'd be terrifying <laughs> this little panopticon that like hangs off the side of your house um love it um there's weird things you, there's a there's a bird's nest that you can see here and if you mm-hmm. come back enough times eventually uh the birds will hatch and fly away <laughs> nice um, and there's also, you can see on the outside of the house, uh, walls, you can see mice, um, every once in a while. So yeah. it's just kind of random, but again, just this loving, loving, loving little details. Yeah. In a place where and, you have no real reason to go. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's nothing down here. Like there's not even like good treasure. Right. You can just head down here and if you want to, you can see this, little, you watch the life cycle of this little bird. <laughs> like God, that like, yes, there's something, like, what is the word? There's gotta be a thing for that because this game does it like, again, like that's, that's, that's the, a, for the, me, that is a big that metal is Kojima thing. thing yeah. yeah, it's a Kojima thing, but it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Like it, it's something even on the Metal Gear games I'm most skeptical towards. I always love that. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is that is always like my favorite thing. Yeah, I will I will always watch the ice cube smell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, like it's, it's, it's like such a cool touch. Is it I mean it's I mean, yeah, we, we we spent the last episode talking about how weird the immersive sim term is, but like it, it's always like those little touches are almost always simulation y. Like it's almost yeah. like little like little dashes of verisimilitude. Yeah. Yeah. And this doesn't, there's no way in which this is a sim, right? You know, like all these enemies are just there to walk back and forth and be in your way. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no realness to this place. Right. Um, but those little touches, you know, or in, in, in the hole, but those little touches kind of give you a little glimpse of it. Yeah. And it's kind of a cute, you know, cute way that I just yeah. I really adore. There's a, there's a thread on something awful that like most threads in any place gets, gets intolerable sometimes, but um, it's like your favorite little things in games or I like whatever. That a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't check it very often. And oftentimes like everything is spoilered and it's usually about whatever, whatever big game is most often released, but sometimes there are just little things you didn't even notice, um, you know, sp- sprinkled throughout. Post your favorite is one of the more consistently like good sub forums on that thing because you're not likely yeah. to run into garbage right there like for the most part just people talking about stuff and you can kind of you know just get examples of things yeah yeah you can just uh kind of self-select what you're going it's to good because uh, there's not select in. there's not discussion right which is not saying i'm interested in on that forum <laughs> or forums right. in general usually but like yeah with a couple exceptions mm-hmm. so. yep. agreed uh there's a boss uh, here uh who is a doppelganger this is you doppelganger level 10 yep <laughs> because that, that pays off it's chekhov's doppelganger <laughs> Um, it gets summoned from this awesome portal from like the nether void. Yeah. I think it like looks so fucking cool. Yeah, Like he falls from the ceiling or something like that. This is the second boss. Like it's so weird, <laughs> you know, like 
but yeah, this is this is a version of you that kind of does what you can do has your moveset yeah. uh, expanded. So it can turn into a a bird or turn to a bat before you can. Yeah. Um, it can throw daggers like all the time, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what weapon you have equipped. Yeah. Um, like you can uh, you, you can kind of trick him or get him into a pattern if you realize that he he will look to you for movement cues. So like you can get him locked into uh, into a pretty advantageous pattern if you just crouch a lot. Yeah. 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 It's also um he's one of the only uh enemies the time stop works on. One of the only bosses. Yep. You Which can works time fantastic stop later. Stab a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Um yeah. So uh, you know, again, pretty cool, but just weirdly uneven. Like there's no boss for the last you know, for the last area at all. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it would have made sense, but you know, there's not a boss there. Yeah. Um, there's this boss on this literal like area that's just for traversing. <laughs> it's mandatory because you have to go into the wall and come out a little bit higher up. Right. It's right. a jump you can't make. Um, this is all leading to the long library. It's, it's a library, so you're going to fight some uh, some book mimics or some spell books. Mm-hmm. I love these as kind of a centerpiece because it is very uh, it, it is very PlayStation era. They're polygonal and they fly at you, and they uh, instead of casting spells, like the spells reach out from inside the pages, uh, or, like, or they open up and like weapons come out. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love very, how very cheesy cool. they are. Yeah. It's super cool. There's um curse is a status effect that comes up here. Um, there are a few status effects in this game. Yeah. Um, there are these ghosts that can give you curse, which uh, makes it so you can't attack. Right. And, uh, you know, ultimately not that big a deal. And there's a, there's a candle here. They'll always drop an uncursed potion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost never worth using one of those potions. No, cause they go, I don't want like to go my status... inventory and it goes away really fast. Like, yeah, it's like usually it's like, one, chaff, like, like one or two screens later, it'll, it'll yeah. go away. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's just almost no reason to open up and use a consumable in this game. I, I got a little bit of use out of some shield and strength potions mm-hmm. um, in this in this run through, uh, but for the most part, yeah. they end up being meaningless kind of garbage. I was hauling around with me. Yeah, like like that that stuff almost it, it just sat in my inventory until like the harder parts of the inverted castle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting the way um, this is a nonlinear portion of the game we're, we're talking about here, mm-hmm. and the uh, we're we're coming up on like an actual kind of articulation point and you have the notes doing the same thing that i do mm-hmm. usually um but i don't think it's i think difficulty wise this is the wrong way to do it oh wow but i can tell you why I, it's probably the same way you make this choice uh, the same way i do um so the the kind of centerpiece here until we can come back is the librarian right um you uh, you talk to the librarian uh who has like a real silly voice actor he sounds like a prospector <laughs> um <laughs> he's on, on loan from the mad dog mccree collection um young master uh <laughs> Yeah, I kind of need someone who poses the master. Yeah. Get, get a synonym. Um, <laughs> the, the, my uh, lord. My, just say my lord. Yeah. I, dark, young master, I can't aid someone who opposes the dark lord. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he, he sells you things. He There's a the section for tactics, which tells you how to beat bosses you've already beaten. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? Um, and then uh, you can buy spells here, which gives you those item, those uh, button prompts thing. I don't know how that's gated. Um, new ones just kind of appear. Right, right. In the library, it I'm be, sure it's based on bosses. Yeah, it has to be by bosses or maybe yeah. areas visited too. Yeah, map percentage or something. Yeah. Um, you can buy consumables, and then you can buy some weapons and armor. Um, at this point, um, it's likely that the sword and armor you can buy from him, the most expensive ones, will be better uh, than what you have now, but not right. for long. Right. Like so, and they they kind of top out. Like his, he doesn't. Uh, eventually, once you get to the second castle, he gets some new stock. Mm-hmm. That will be much worse than anything you can buy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what are you saving for? You I know, mean, other than just just buy tons of potions, and that's 
that's really it. Like have three library cards and buy tons of potions and yeah. you're good. I mean, that, that seems like a, a, not just a, a, a relic of RPG design from this era, but also RPG design of a, a, of a certain stripe, which is you can use your currency and the stuff that you've accumulated for like a, uh, a temporary boost because you're always going to find something better in the place that you're immediately headed to. Yeah. 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 There's um the, I mean the big kind of marquee item that he sells is the duplicator, mm-hmm. which is uh, incredibly expensive. It allows you to use consumables unlimited times, so right. it's really unpo- overpowered. It's a way to like, kind of break the game. Yeah. Um, and he also he buys gems. Mm-hmm. Um, the real reason we're visiting him here though, as I was going to get into, is that he uh, sells the gem of open, right? Which is actually going to open two arbitrary blue gates mm-hmm. uh, that are in the room. And the reason why I think you have the notes the way you do and the way that I uh, did it my way. Uh, as well is that this is that you go back to the first blue gate you saw. Yes. Uh, but I think that the difficulty actually wants you to go underground first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's also gated by a blue gate, the most recent blue gate you saw. Yes. Um, so I think that actually is where it makes sense difficulty wise, because I think the Royal Chapel is actually very hard. It definitely um, is. Um, also, the Royal chap the Royal Chapel is the uh, the shorter path to the, to the uh, double jump. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, but, but there's almost nothing in the underground passage to yeah, I mean, that's not true. There are a couple of things, mm-hmm. but it, it is a large area that there's kind of diminishing returns from and is almost entirely optional. Yeah. Um, so it is something where, like, I think that, I mean, I did it the same way you're talking about. Like, I just mm-hmm. kind of had a really hard time with the Royal Chapel for a little while yeah. and then realized, oh, this can't be the right way to go. Which other way can <laughs> I go? And I was like, oh, this is a breeze. Yeah. You know, the underground passage is a breeze at this point. It's just, it's the weird way that the signaling and kind of nonlinearity of this. I think it's intended to be a meat wall. Yeah, yeah, it can the, kind the of uh, kind of kind of work against work against the game by you know that's, yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, there's a couple of cool things you can do with the, the librarian. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get you eventually get these this uh, anti gravity boots <laughs> thing, uh, and if he has this little like shoot below him, like his little shit shoot. It's like positioned right <laughs> under his butt, and if you z- zip up it, you kind of like hit him in the he- hit him in the butt and knock him up, mm-hmm. and you can chain this. And if you do it, uh, he drops new you know more and more items. Yeah. Uh, including like meaningful ones like you get good stuff and you can eventually get the axe armor item which dresses you up as a weird axe armor knight and gives you a tiny tiny little jump and like a shitty shitty little axe yeah and it's like a challenge mode way to play the game (laughs) yeah um yeah but this is your one shopkeeper uh it becomes a little bit annoying in the uh inverted castle because you have to warp back here um, very annoying yeah uh so you get these items called library cards which will take you to the library however again in the inverted castle you then have to go up to the throne room to uh to to, to get around there so it would have been nice if this guy you know either picked up shop and moved or something like that again there yeah. are plenty of plenty of cases against the inverted castle as a thing but like this guy being kind of your hub you know the the, the world isn't easy enough to traverse to uh to make that a thing yeah. Well, and also there's, it, it's, you know, I would go back and visit him just to be like, Oh, I wonder what he has for sale now, but yeah. you never actually need to mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's like kind of counterbalanced by the fact that like, once you're in the inverted castle, you never really need to revisit this guy, Yeah. yeah. but it feels right. Having a, a, a shopkeep, mm-hmm. you know, it feels right. Like it would be part of the RPG rhythms of the game, even if it is entirely superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do the same thing and just always kind of regret it. Like, yeah. Oh, I can sell my gems, but I have, there's nothing that you have that I want. Yeah, like, like maybe I'll buy that cloak that lets me change colors in the menu, which is fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the the cloak of Joseph or whatever, which yeah, is the Joseph's Technicolor Dream Cloak. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's ochre and blue and yellow and red. And, um, the uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you also get your first familiar here. Yes, uh, the fairy scroll. Yep. Um, and like two two things, so you get the fairy scroll, and then you also get a, a relic that lets you see enemy names. So this is where you get yeah. that. 
which yep. I like having. I like knowing what yep. I'm, I like knowing what I'm killing. Yeah, I like to know a man before I kill yeah, him. Yeah, you got to look at his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what yeah. is that? What, the, the, what would I like? Cole Ross sex murderer? What is the, the oh, URL geez. that is bought? Oh, no. I forget. I forget. I prefer yeah. the, yeah, Evan, Evan uh, uh, bought a whole bunch of stuff around the uh, the meme that popped up that I murdered somebody. Yeah. Meme. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I prefer the one that redirects to Hexcrank, which is ColeRossLegalDefenseFund.net, I believe is what yeah. it is. As opposed to ColeRossSexMurder.com, <sighs> which redirects to a list of your victims. <laughs> <laughs> I was so engrossed. I was playing the guardhouse, to, uh, the guardhouse in Resident Evil the, the, the time that that popped up. So I was too busy being scared of bees. And then just oh, I looked sure. back at the chat. And then all of a sudden, everybody's talking about how I killed a dude. You're you're a victim to many stream crimes. <laughs> like that's just uh, that's, that's Duckstream. Like, well, well, no. The, the the thing is, you have a bunch of allies who are there doing shit with you, and I'm there alone, except for the two hours when Dennis is there. So. See, if, if if I end up if I end up moving, then I'll be alone again too, and then oh, people yeah. can do stream crimes to me. <laughs> so stream crimes. We will both be the victim of stream crimes. Koras <laughs> um, <Ross> stream crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so on your way back here, uh, you head back to the tower and you can kind of climb further up. Yes. Uh, you can, actually, real quick, too, um, you can go further down. Um, there's, a, there's a tough enemy that has a sword, but if you get past him, you go into a room that has uh, a breakable wall that leads to an elevator. It's really, really hidden, yep. uh, but you can get the, uh, the jeweled fist um, oh, early. Oh, yeah, yeah. A jeweled knuckle, and that, that weapon is uh, the best weapon for a long time. Yeah, it's ridiculously uh, overpowered. It's better than the you know the best sword you can buy in from the librarian. Nice. Um, so it is. Uh, that's you know if you if you find that, and I'm not going to pretend like oh I figured that out. Like I no that up. no the uh, the broken walls uh, or the breakable walls or ceilings or floors are not are, are not signaled very well. There are times where it will make a little bit of sense because like oh there there might be it looks like there could be something between these two places that I can otherwise yeah. get to, but otherwise it's you just kind of have to be a be a Kingsfield Roomba uh, to get yeah. those. It would it would have benefited from something like the uh, Super Metroid X Ray yeah, yeah. vision, I think something like that, or like um, you know, there is a um, does the uh, I don't think he does. I was gonna say whether the I know the demon will will find that button, but I don't know if he says if he uh, looks at special walls. Oh, one like of the does that. I don't I, I don't know. I could be imagining that. I thought yeah. one of them maybe would look at like would look at walls that were weird, but I might yeah. be confused. It'd be I mean that that'd be pretty cool. Like if it would just hover around a, a point of interest. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my, but, uh, that's my little finder friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like fist weapons in this game. Mm -hmm. um, I like, I like knuckle weapons. So this is what I use for, for a good stretch here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is where you get your first uh, kind of paired teleporter, which is nice. It'll take you back over to the, to the alchemy lab, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, this is also where you get your first transformation. The, uh, the soul of the wolf. Uh, the wolf is goofier and not as cool as you would think it would be. Yeah. The wolf is not useful. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. It has a longer jump. And that's about it. Right. Um, there's one space where uh, there's a short, like, little place where you have to squeeze through as the wolf. But by then, you probably have the fog. Yep. So you can go through as the fog. And then uh, you can eventually get him powered up to where he can uh, move really fast, kind of like Super Metroid. Mm -hmm. do the, the spark shine yeah. um, kind of run, uh, which can be useful for long passages that you, you know, don't want to traverse in real time. Yeah, yeah. But that's about it for the wolf. Mm -hmm. um, the way you get him is kind of weird where you, like, turn on the... Um, the elevator mm -hmm. on the outside. And that, that's really cool. Another thing that happens on the wall that I just noticed, I think it was just when I came back to it here the first time it came up, but sometimes it's foggy. Yeah. Um, like fog will leak in <laughs> and that's really, you know, really cool little atmospheric effect. Yeah. 
Um, and these bone muskets. These are <laughs> yeah. the squad goals. Like <laughs> they're like, like a, yeah, they're, they're exactly. They are a squad. Like they're, they they yeah. team up. It's great. Yeah, like three little guys just kind of stuffing old style muskets and, <laughs> and shooting at you. Yeah. Um, and you know, like they, it, it feels like they are positioned to take advantage of the knockback, the knockback that you have, and just make this make this vertical level kind of a pain to navigate. Again, this yeah. is uh, this is uh, a, a very real wall. Uh, both well, Medusa, Medusa heads show up here too. Yeah, uh, as you even go, on, even in the wall. Yeah. yeah, like as you uh, as you as you go upward, like you start getting, you know, it does this nice little gradient into the into the clock tower um, uh, biome, which you can see from the outside. Like you can yeah. you, you can uh, navigate that, but it's mostly just a place for you to like kill gigantic skulls and then figure out oh, I need to get back here later. Yeah, yeah. You can also go to this area that's, uh, I mean, that's the, where you go, um, yeah, you're talking about that outdoor area. Yeah, it's up at the top. With, the, with those giant uh, giant skulls, yeah. You can make, a, you can go further jumps than you think mm-hmm. and this other double jump because of the wolf. Um, mm. So you can kind of press a little bit further than you want and get a little bit of treasure. Yeah, yeah. Um, ultimately not worth it, though, to get that strength potion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you want to head back. Um, and like I said, the uh, uh, I think the, the, the proper way is the underground passage. We can talk about the Royal Chapel first because yeah, it is yeah. technically nonlinear, even though this is a big difficulty wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you're headed back through the alchemy lab, you find Maria again, and you get this kind of famous justification for why the castle will be, you know, will look different every time. Uh, Alucard says, "Oh, the uh, the the castle is a being of chaos. You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't look the way it, w- it did when when Maria was here before." So, which I, I love that as like a meta thing. Yep. You know where it's a, a you know because this is the same castle theoretically that's shown up in every Castlevania game. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, it's just recombining uh, in, in, dif- in different ways. So the, uh, the 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 blue door in the alchemy lab will take you to uh, the, the the royal chapel. Can take you there uh, unless you decide decide to go uh, the easier way uh, first. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, kind of opens into a huge staircase. Uh, boy, oh boy, is this hard, Gary? It, it for me, it gets the most hard when you get to the the section after it, the kind of yeah. tower parts. Mm-hmm. The stairs is pretty frustrating though. Yeah, um, and long. Yeah. Uh, something there's a, a super bunny hop review of this where that guy uh, didn't play this until recently. Okay. And he's a little harsher on this point than I am, but he makes a good point, is that Symphony of the Night does a lot of things where it will repeat the same challenge in a hallway like three or four times. Yeah. So rather than one carefully crafted encounter, it will be the same encounter, but what if you did it four times in a row? Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's really true here. Mm-hmm. Like the, this, the staircase is just like, here's uh, two skulls, here's a, a corner knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's two skulls here's a corner knight here's a skull and a iron ball and a corner knight and it just goes on forever yeah um and it's kind of you know it's hard to call it like great design mm-hmm. uh you know especially when eventually the game is going to give you the keys to just get past this however you want yeah i'm just gonna fly over the shit fuck it mm-hmm. you know yeah and that's a that, that that's a real problem with the way that the with the way that castlevania you know at least the, the this this time out designs this which is that staircase has to be a certain length in order to get you up above where, where it needs to, where it wants you to go. Right. Like they need to fill that space with something, but like, it also has to, you know, roughly account for which direction you're going to, you know, kind of come at it for. And they may not have enough ideas to put into a a, a diagonal space, exactly this length, you know, which is, which is kind of interesting because the, uh, 
do the actual individual things like the two skull thing, the skull stacks are classic. You know, I want those. Yeah. The quarter nights are kind of cool. Um, what eventually comes up in the inverse person part of this is kind of a pain to deal with, but is really imaginative. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like the individual encounters, but it just, there's no question that they're repeated probably too often, you know? Right. Um, again, I don't, I'm not quite as cranky about that as, as George Wiederman is because moving around and kind of doing things is so such a joy. Yeah. You know, so it still is something I have a pretty good time with, but it's hard for me to recognize as a strength of the game. Yeah. Um, so you got to make your way up this thing. Uh, there's this weird little chamber with the puppet sword. Yeah. Thing, which I, I don't fight here. I think is, is pretty tough. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Um, uh, you can get around it. Like you can, you can, yeah, m- I, I lure it. it. Yeah. It's like a little, like a little mini boss. Uh, on the opposite side of this, there's a confessional, which again is one of these little details where you can get people to leave you fruit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the confessional. It, it's actually random what you do. So if you, if you stand in the, uh, as the, in the priest side, um, a lady will show up and she will either cry or she will uh, stab you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you are in the uh, the confession side, um, you'll either nothing will happen or you'll get the fruit yeah. uh, thing that happens. And then there are people online who are like, is this woman who shows up crying? Alucard's mother. And like, is this the ghost <laughs> of like, you know, trying to put together the lore stuff? And I, right, right. I think it's just a creepy ghost. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool detail. Yeah. Like, I love that. It's like, oh, what if I press up on that chair? <laughs> this cool thing happens. The spooky music plays. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, the church tower, uh, this is where it gets hard for me, Yeah. um, because of knockback, mm-hmm. like going on the scaffolding and having crows and these like winged guard things mm-hmm. knocking me off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, the, the, the platforms are definitely very tiny. Uh, there's less kind of safe ground, uh, to, to, to work with in those crows, uh, as opposed to kind of being the sine waves like the, uh, like the Medusa heads are, they're a little bit less predictable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll fly directly um, at you. Um, they have much more maneuverability than than, than than you do. And uh, once you get to the top of this, which is ultimately pretty hard, well, you, you fight these hunting girls, which I like a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you get to the, this, these hallways with these halberd knights, which is, this was a big wall for me uh, oh, this wow. time, because depending on what sub-weapon you have, mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of damage. Um, your shield is not good enough to block it. You can actually pick up the knight shield somewhere around here. But there's not a save point uh, up here it's all the way down at the bottom of the stairs yeah uh, the, and, the boss run on this is actually kind of intolerable <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen that often and luckily like the the boss i think is pretty easy yep um but this this uh these hallways with the bats and the halberd knights because if you get hit um the very first one will knock you out of the room which causes <laughs> anything you killed in there to respawn God, i hate that so much that happens a lot later on again is knockback a good mechanic like it is a good question mm-hmm. you know and it's uh i it's it's i don't like it <laughs> uh, I think, and I've heard arguments for both, but yep. I, I think it is a, actually a bad mechanic. Yeah. Um, the uh, So the way I ultimately ended up getting through it when I was kind of f- forcing my way through is to actually use magic, um, which I wasn't intending to. But if you start doing the fireball spell that you have, you're invincible during the entire animation. Oh, wow. And it gets you past this uh, this first guy hmm. uh, who is able to keep because like, I'm, I'm using the fist. I don't have any range on him. Like, I just couldn't get within his halberd strike. Yeah, yeah. Like, knocked, up, knocked back. So using the spell is what kind of made it. Yeah. I don't know if it uh, was easier for me because I wasn't using a fist weapon that like that. It, it, it might've, it might've been a, a, a reach inequality thing, reach inequality or it, depending on what sub weapon you have, because the yeah. game goes out of its way to make sure you have the, um, holy water here for some reason. Yeah. Like there's two holy water. Like I spent a lot of time on this area. Mm-hmm. There are two holy waters on your way up here and no other sub weapons. Yeah. Uh, there's one you get right before and one near the end. 
and as you're kind of climbing those scaffolding, it's very easy to accidentally pick it up. So when I would come back here with something that would be useful in these close quarters, like the um, the jewel that bounces off walls, mm-hmm. um, or the book that you know thing that surrounds you, the Bible that you use as a as a super shield, <laughs> yeah. you know, super, super shield Bible, yeah, your bulletproof Bible, yeah, yeah. Um, or even the the, the stopwatch, which mm-hmm. would have helped a lot for these these horizontal passages. Yeah. Um, I'd often accidentally get the holy water, which is not useful. Right. In, in this passage, so it's I think it's a really weird, tough kind of encounter with how much damage I was taking from them wow, and man. having to fight a boss afterwards. Yeah. Um. So this this hmm. was this was like the hard part of the game for me. Oh well. Weirdly, like, and and mostly that speaks to how the rest of it is all pretty simple. Right. Right. You know, there are a couple of bosses other than this that are kind of tricky. There are a couple of rooms in the second castle that are hard, but as far as things yeah. in the first castle, this gave me the most grief. Okay. Yeah. Um. I could yeah. see that. Yeah, I, I just I had much more trouble on the on the uh, staircase than I than, than I did. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. The staircase didn't 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 bug me as much. Yeah. So partly maybe because I had that uh, that holy water that the game forced me to get, which is like really <laughs> really good against those uh, skull pillars. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. So this this boss is the hippogriff. Yes, um, I found this pretty hard just because you know just of the bosses that we've that that we fought so far. This is like a little bit of a ratchet up, uh, just in terms of uh, kind of mobility and also the fact that he uh, the, <laughs> that it will lay eggs and sick hippogriff chicks at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. For, for 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 some reason I think I died. I think I died to this once, which is why the length of the boss run made this a little bit yeah. more of a, uh, more of an issue. Uh, it kind of sucks because you have to load from the title screen when you when you die. That is something I'm very happy is not a thing anymore. Yeah, 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 for sure. I I um I didn't have a hard time with this guy. I was able to ace this dude. Yeah. Um, it, I think it depends a lot on RNG because his air based and kind of sending chick attacks mm-hmm. um are more dangerous than uh when he kind of lands and breathes fire because you can mm. duck under it yeah um and if you duck under it uh, you can just kind of wail on him uh you know and that's uh that's what i did yeah and I, I don't know if there's a way that i was fighting him that kept him up in the air um and kept him doing those more dangerous things you know again who, who knows yeah it's also if i was using the jewel knuckles at this point and you weren't i had more dps yeah yeah than you did because it's a really fast high damage weapon yeah so it, and you know just tap 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 and you can you can do a lot of damage in a short amount of time yeah so um, it's a you know it, it does uh different builds you know will make a difference for, especially in this early game mm-hmm. you know, eventually you get more powerful than anything but yeah early on you know it, it does there's a lot of variance i could have been distracted by the cool skeleton mural in the background that that <laughs> awesome true. mosaic yeah <laughs> yep, yep yeah um afterwards you run into maria um, and we, I don't know if we mentioned this explicitly, but after each of these bosses, you get a life up. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you're finding them out in the world too. So like you're mm-hmm. steadily improving your HP. Yeah. Um, you run to Maria and she says, uh, ask you if you've seen Richter Belmont and you know Belmont in this castle. Uh, <laughs> Belmont, and, and, the ancient clan that kills my father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, again, silly melodrama. And uh, she just says, keep an eye out for him. And then goes <laughs> off. Like, what is she doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and she just ends up in these really obscure places when she's in the spike hallway. Like, it's fucking weird um but yeah she just kind of gets around and yeah. like, All right, I'll keep, I, I will let you know if i run into my ancient enemy here <laughs> yep um, uh, no just uh, okay well I'll, I'll i'll be somewhere uh illogical so we can move the story forward to tick yes it's yeah, you just it's happen fine. to run, you know, run just, into you. just no. don't just don't think about it <laughs> yeah no, there's no, no sense of place yep uh here you know no sense of like a simulation in in those aspects at all yeah um but really what you're trying to do here is get to the castle keep um on the rooftops Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're going to fight some flea riders, which uh, are little fleas riding bats. Mm-hmm. Yep. Slapping their bases. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. And then uh, to get the leap stone. Yeah. This uh, is, which, uh, this is the brass mm, ring. 
This is good. <laughs> Feels good, man. Yep. <laughs> I love the way it animates. I love the little ghost wings mm-hmm. you get for a second when you do it. Like, because uh, double jumps are never explained no. in video games. You don't have to, but giving this little like, oh, it's like a little magical artifact that gives you this tiny little mm-hmm. wing buffet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Way down for it. Yeah. Uh, so Castle Keep, like the like this, you know, the the the, the boss of this castle is right above you. Um, yeah. But the but but the stairs are uh, are destroyed. So like, if you're making a beeline for this, you need to find a way to fly. Yes. And that is why you might head down underground to the underground passage. So this is through the blue door in the marble gallery. Yep. The, uh, the other blue door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's a blue door. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a floor switch that will that will kind of open up some of these mechanical uh, clockwork floors beneath you here um, <laughs> in the clockwork area, and uh, this kind of gets you in, into an aqueduct, strangely enough, beneath the castle uh, that is kind of filled with uh, spear guards and skeleton archers. This uh, this area, as far as like a level design section, always felt kind of sloppy and weird to me. Yeah, in that there's two almost identical uh, sets of platforms that go down. Yep. Like one of them above the gigantic pit, and one of them uh, behind a you know another area that goes further down. Mm-hmm. But they're you know it's just like which way do you want to go? And when I'm just kind of <laughs> filling my map out, you know, and exploring both sections, um, there's some treasure that you can find on the left side that's identical. But like on repeat, like when you're going back through here, it's just like, well, which of these like sets of landings do I want to go to that have the same enemies mm-hmm. in them? Yeah. Um, kind of you know not doesn't actually make that big of a difference, but it is a weird area. Yeah. There. Um, the big thing you're going to do is fall down, um, either like gently go down or fall all the way down <laughs> this huge area uh, into this cave cave system under the castle. Yes, um, I love this sequence of uh, this the, the the dungeon sequence off to the right that begins with the silloworm. Yeah, yeah, uh, the silloworm where you go into this thing and you fight this little uh, mini boss mm-hmm. of this uh, snake that pops out of the wall. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Pretty easy. Like it, it feels like they make sure that you have the uh, the, the the throwing axe for this, mm-hmm. which immediately yeah, will will do a, a tremendous job of uh, of hitting this thing. But this takes you into a tunnel that demonstrates, oh, water will hurt me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so these increasing uh, platforms you have to jump from as water fills up the room. Yeah. And you get to the owner of that tentacle that we fought before, Scylla, which is this huge uh, kind of room filling enemy. That uh, the, the, that I have a lot of fun fighting. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a real like Cerebus mixed with tentacles mixed with a lady. Yep, like it's a lot of things together, <laughs> um, and it has a, it has a pretty wide uh, verb set. These uh, these tentacles, these uh, dog heads breathing fire, yeah, and stuff. And then she also uh, causes the ceiling to collapse mm-hmm. in patterns, and and rocks will fall down. Yeah. And so um, you can either try and stay on the platforms that, uh, you know, the, the, that are right in front of her, you know, to, to get in a position to do, to do damage. Or you can do like I do and just worm your way behind her and then just attack and hope that she dies before you, you know, die to damage in the water. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you uh, you take her out eventually. Um, what you get for this is a weirdly enough, you just get like a, a minor cape upgrade. <laughs> yep. You get the crystal cape. Yeah. Um, again, this this kind of uh, maybe this is the first one out of many situations in this game where you fight a boss and get a non like a not that great reward. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, like the crystal cape is is a, is an upgrade from what you had before. 
Not a huge one though, and you can buy a better cape from the library. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I kind of got just used to the bosses being their own rewards a little bit. Yeah. 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 And you, get, you still get a life up mm-hmm. for beating them. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, the, the preponderance of treasure in this game is more a function of them wanting to have a lot of bosses than than anything else, you know? Yeah. Than the, the treasure actually being useful. Yep. More ideas than rewards. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's another passage that you can get to um, where a boatman will take you to the holy symbol, uh, which so that, I love. I think, oh, oh, go ahead. Don't you have to get the um, the merman statue first? Oh, shit. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I put this yeah. in the okay. in the wrong order. Yeah. Because it would make <laughs> sense. I mean, it's geographically closer to here, but you yeah. can get to a secret passage that's pretty well hidden where it's just like a, a shore. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't get across that water yet. You have to go all the way to the left. Yeah. Um, through this, uh, you know, fighting more frogs. Um, you know, finding more mushrooms and stuff. <laughs> Picking up good and bad mushrooms. Yes. Um, doing a, uh, this, going to this waterfall, which uh, you can't get past to mm-hmm. uh, or can't get back from. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty significant, uh, kind of commitment. Yeah. Um, all the way to get to the left to get the merman statue, uh, which summons the oarsman, which goes all the way back to where this thing, and it will take you to get this holy symbol. Yep. The holy symbol, which is just a snorkel. That's very cute. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, you can also get uh, the secret boots here, which is uh, one of those detail porn things where it says, like, makes you discreetly taller. Yep. And when you put it on, it makes you a pixel taller. Yep. Um, and, um, and doesn't that make, phenomenal. like, a particular attack, like, impossible to avoid because it, it, it reduces uh, or it reduces your ability to duck dodge? It might. I, I haven't. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I think that might be the case, but I don't I don't know the specifics. Whimsy. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like you know, there there are better boots to put on, but like I don't know if I had any of them right now, so I will yeah. I will wear them out of deference to the uh, kind of the, the the gall to put that in. Yeah. Um, the holy symbol specifically will uh, stop water from damaging you. Yes, um, which allows you to kind of get some stuff. Yeah, uh, in this area, mostly it's it's junk items. Like mostly it's like a potion or or a lightning resist or an item that damages all enemies on the screen. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, um, the real thing we can do now, I mean, so we can do that. It's really good to have uh, this water functionality here mm-hmm. um, and sweep this out, get a couple of life upgrades. But what we really want is to go back up to the clock area, yes, um, which allows us to get uh, to some new new zones here. Yeah. Uh, one thing you can do here, uh, if you use the the clock item uh, here, you can open up the upper right passage and get the LU cart set, <laughs> um, which again fucking cute like i love this you know it's like it seems like my sword yeah um and if you put all of them on you go into alucart mode which increases your item find yes so it is another way for if you're trying to collect them all they have uh shitty stats um but uh but it but it raises it raises your luck uh alucart is more explicitly a pun in uh in in japanese i think that it's going for like an effect of like oh a la carte like you are getting the items that you need that way oh sure yeah I, i think that's how that works I just liked it as a, like, it's not Alucard. Yep. You know? Wait, Valk with extra yeah, vitamin exactly. W? Yeah. yeah or, or vitamin R. Vitamin, <laughs> vitamin R. Okay. Uh, is the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so there are a couple more uh, areas that are uh, that are open up. You can take a quick little pass, pass passage uh, through the Marble Gallery and a little bit of Ulrox's quarters. You can't get all the way there, but you can get to the Coliseum, which is more of a torture a torture labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be coming back to all as quarters. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of all <laughs> Like everything about all is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, here. Um, 
So uh, there's uh, these owl knights here. This is another one of those little detail things. I love these guys. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. if you kill the owl, the owl will fall and the knight will become despondent <laughs> and kneel next to their, their little rowlet and no. not uh, fight anymore. No, I'm just a knight. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just a regular knight. <laughs> um, and if you kill the knight first, the owls go apeshit. Yeah. Uh, which is really great. Yeah, now I'm just an owl, which is awesome enough anyway. Um, yeah. There are Valhalla Knights, which are half horses that are just kind of doing these jousts, uh, kind of going these and attacking These things are a huge pain in the dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have goodwill because they're an amazing design. But yeah, they just uh, move very quickly and will make entire swaths of these long hallways uh, very, very dangerous. This, this whole area is full of really short hallways where they just feel it feels a little like they just copy pasted a thousand enemies. Yeah. And um, um, no more. So so here's here's a pain in the dick. The room with the shield rod that is full of marksmen who will shoot you. And you just have to hope the RNG favors you to where you don't get knocked back out of the room. Like in a casket, yeah. like you'll be almost to the shield, <laughs> the shield room or the shield rod. And then just it'll blast you back out the door. Um, very frustrating. Knockback is bad. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you, the, the, this is the, the stopwatch is how I got through this. Okay. But otherwise it would have been a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, let's do, let's do our type five on the shield rod. Yes. Uh, cause this is a really interesting weapon. That is the, uh, the game breaking one. If you, uh, if you want to play the game on ultra easy mode, mm -hmm. um, shield rod is your, is your boy. Yes. So the shield rod, it's an, it's an item in its own right. Uh, and it's attack power is, uh, determined by which shield you have equipped in your offhand, which yes. oftentimes you will, unless you're trying to do some, some different strategy with, uh, with, with your offhand. Uh, it's, it's pretty powerful and you know, it's just, uh, it, it'll upgrade with new shields that you find. However, um, you can, I believe by pressing both of your attack buttons at once, invoke a spell that changes depending on which shield you have equipped. Yes. Um, yeah. And the, uh, what I was doing here with the night shield, mm -hmm. um, it gives you uh, plus 20 attack, like plus 20 damage, essentially. Yeah. Making the shield rod the best weapon that I have. Like, it's very cost effective. It lasts for about a minute. Yeah. Um, and by then, you'll get your magic back, more or less. So you can kind of keep this going on all the time. Mm -hmm. So just using the vanilla shield rod with a regular shield is very good. Yes. Um, the way this breaks the game is when you eventually get the Alucard shield. Yeah. And then it becomes, it's like a debug mode or something. Like, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't feel like it should be in the game. Yeah. Like, it, it makes it so you do 255 damage, which is the max. That number makes it feel like, you know feel like an error <laughs> yep. whenever 255 shows up in a game it's like something's gone wrong oh yeah it's, it's just the you know? yeah the, the 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 max count they can do with whatever bits they had available um yeah but it'll do that uh pretty much every frame of animation uh, as you run through enemies with that held up uh in addition to a whole bunch of other buffs that it that, that, that it puts well, on you yep most meaningfully healing you eight points for every frame that it hits oh yeah yeah so uh and giving you hearts back uh-huh uh so like you because it, it invokes all of the shields that you have one of which will give you hearts when it touches things. yeah yeah um so you just you you can just refill and uh it's a good way to ruin the game for yourself um unless you know if it's, it's very fun to be overpowered so that can be fun but yeah, yeah i ended up actually using it as a heal uh mm -hmm. from time to time like i didn't keep it regularly equipped but if i was like listen i can go i can library card back to the library from the inverted castle mm -hmm. buy a bunch of potions or you know, and just use up a bunch of my time and then crawl my way back here. Yeah. Or I can equip the shield rod and the value card shield and go into this room with lots of enemies and just heal back up to full. Yeah. Um, I ended up using it as a time saver more than anything. And yeah. then for one boss, that's in complete horseshit. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's uh, other than that, though, I didn't really use it. Yeah. Uh, we, so we also didn't talk about it. Is it in the regular library or is it in the inverted library where if you farm enough uh, spell books, you can get the Chrysogram? 
It's um a smoo a shmoo a shmoo yeah in the uh the inverted library okay or no yeah. it's actually I think it's in the regular library in the second section of it okay um, there we you go. get the the crystal gem which is the other really op weapon mm-hmm. um both of which kind of ruin the game yeah um just one of them you have to farm for so I'm not going to do it yep uh yeah. the uh, but yeah you can get a really really powerful weapon that yeah. uh, attacks as fast as you can press the button yep it uh it, it attacks so fast that they don't even animate an attack yeah um. Yeah, uh, I made a note of that because uh, even though I knew with the Chrisgram, I was not going to uh, farm for it. But the Shmoo is totally just a copyrighted thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, little, little little ghost buddies and stuff. And there are a lot of weapons we're not going to touch on individual weapons, especially if you have to farm for them. Right. Um, so, and the, the game facts for this game is really great. There's a lot of like very detailed uh, examinations. You know, a game that's well loved. So I encourage people to read yeah. those. Um, if you want to know more about the off-ball, like kind of oddball weapons you can find. Yeah. Throughout the game. Yep. Um, so essentially you're making your way up to the upper left of this section um, to find uh, this Coliseum where we actually run into Richter. Yep. He's sitting in the back in his, in, in his throne and Richter is not acting normal. He's acting very Dracula-esque. Yes. <laughs> yep. He's, he's a uh, Ricula. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he says, you know, you've made it here this way, but you're not going to make it further. Big villain speech. Yeah. And six, a, uh, a werewolf and a minotaur on you. Yep. Not a terribly hard fight. It doesn't feel like the uh, the werewolf and minotaur complement each other beyond one being more mobile than the other. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, the arena is not very interesting. They don't have like combo attacks and they're not particularly hard. Right. And they both show up as regular enemies. Especially, I mean, the werewolf does. I don't know if the minotaur, minotaur does. Right. They both show up as regular enemies later. Yeah. But the, but the werewolf will, dis- will just use sonic spin jumps. Um, and the Minotaur mm-hmm. will uh, kind of go around uppercutting the air, hoping that uh, hoping that you, you happen, happen to be, be uh, occupying the space right in I'm front of I'm just going to swing my arm like this. And if you happen to be in it, <laughs> you're getting punched. Yep. Um, I think the Minotaur does pretty significant damage at this point. Yeah. Um, I remember actually, it's not that tough of a fight, but I remember using a, a shield potion for it. And I think it was because I didn't, uh, either I didn't find at this point, I, I walked into the boss fight before I found the, um, the save point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some reason the stakes were higher for me, so I ended up using a potion and, and acing it. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Your reward for this is uh, the mist form, which is very underpowered at the moment. Actually, it lets you yeah. pass through grates, but you can only go um, like I think uh, one or two tomba widths over at this point. Yes. Yeah, and eventually this will become like really game breaking and cool. Yeah. But as of now, uh, it is just a, a short little flying thing. You can use it to get a little bit of extra height. Yeah. So if you're, you know, me in you know, 1997 or whatever, <laughs> you can go back through the entire castle. All those things you can't quite make with a double jump. You yeah. can usually make with the mist. Yeah. I uh, like that. These are mapped to the shoulder buttons. Like yeah. the fact that you can just kind of like whip one of these out on the fly, especially for the inverted castle where being able to fly is just a requirement is mandatory. That yeah. still ended up bugging me in the inverted castle, mostly because of mana management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, it's still, you know, it is it is easy to get there. I'm glad you don't go into a menu. Yeah. You know, that would be intolerable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. this dead ends. Like, you can go through and, you know, it gives you a grate that you can pass through. It, like, and prior to this, when you walked up next to a grate, it would say mist could pass. Um, yeah. But now it's, you know, you're demonstrating the way you can go. But really, it just drops you a library card as a hint to say, hey, warp back. It's like yeah. the uh, the putting a homeward bow in a Dark Souls game. And the uh, the mist is actually um, there was a, a set of iron bars, a couple of them in the library, really. Yeah, um, that's where you'd get the jewel knuckle if you weren't doing the uh, elevator mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can go back to the library, and uh, your double jump will get you into the upper level, um, and you're able to fight some flea armors. Again, these little dudes, um, <laughs> I like them very much, carrying around their, uh, their their armors until you fight the lesser demon, who is just a, a gargoyle who summons other enemies and rarely attacks by itself. Yeah. Again, little FAQs or hints if you want to fight the mud person. Uh, you have to uh, wait for him to summon it because it's the only place that you can uh, see one of those things. So if you're going for um, bestiary completion, that is yes. uh, important to wait for them to pop you up. Yeah, to wait for one of them to summon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise, it's a very easy, like, more or less non-boss. Yeah. Um, the big thing about going back here, uh, getting this place, and this is where, is this where you start? Is it in the inverted library or here where you fight all of the uh, the Wizard of Oz enemies? Uh, inverted in library. Section. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh so here's doing this is what you get is to get the uh the form of bat <laughs> past here. the corn dog yes i don't think yep. they knew what a what a hot dog was yeah it called a frankfurter <laughs> but it is a corn dog i mean technically they're correct a corn dog is a kind of frankfurter it is a frankfurter delivery system it's a it's a pain the way that you eat food in this where you have to throw it on the ground which we talked about earlier yeah but it does mean that you can find the peanut uh, which you toss up in the air and you have to catch. Yep. Uh, and if you do it, you get one hit point back. <laughs> so again, tons and tons of little touches. Yeah, it's just something to do on a stream. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. But the form of bat is incredibly, incredibly useful. Um, this lets you get the fairy familiar, but this is just kind of uninhibited flight. Yes. Um, which is OP as shit in a yep. game about traversal and finding items to get around. Yeah. So now the world is your oyster, mm -hmm. more or less. You can and go... Be for you rest can, of the game you can go beat the boss of this castle you don't yeah. want to but you can this is the last this is the last necessary upgrade right. so like as far as necessary upgrades go it's like mist double jump bat blue you know blue open gem mm -hmm. that's really it yeah. like everything else is optional mm -hmm. um so yeah uh we're heading up to the clock tower regardless right of which um and uh yeah this is uh it's a clock tower yep uh very uh, short very you know very very small compared to a lot of other um clock tower levels um yeah. and again they had to design it so you could traverse it uh both ways so it's a little bit less complicated but they do have the uh petrifying medusa heads so uh just in case you thought this wasn't going to be a pain in the dick it's so busy yeah like i think this is visually kind of ugly with like everything spinning in the background yep and stuff and uh fighting the uh the harassment enemies plus the um the harpies yeah, yeah. that you fight here, I think kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. um, not my favorite. No, no. There's a, there's a small little puzzle you can do by hitting switches until they make the correct sound. Uh, there are four of them that'll open up a gate to get you some pretty good gear, like, you know, good armor, um, a star flail. If you want to use that kind of slow moving weapon, it is there for you. Again, this is just kind of a, a completionist kind of thing. Um, there's a boss in this area, Zarakuman. Yes. Yeah. Catch them all. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a Rakupan coal. Mm, okay. um, you get this uh, this Rakupan, um, and this is a weird crow man um, <laughs> that you fight that uh, sprays bats and is very hard if you let him start doing stuff. Right. So the trick to him is to keep up the pressure because he gets stun locked very easily. Yeah. But like the the pickup here is just fire of bat, which lets you bat, which lets you uh, uh, shoot fireballs when you are a bat. The upgrades that you actually get for your familiars are almost uniformly, or your your uh, forms are usually bad, right? Other than the missed ones, right? The missed ones are great, but everything I can get for a wolf, everything I can get for a bat, I don't care about, right? Um, so yeah, being able to shoot 
because the the fireball is a bat like could be useful because there are a couple places where you need to fly and uh and do combat in the air and if you get hit in a familiar form or in a beast form mm. you turn back into alucard yeah um so i don't want these flea riders to hit me but it's so uh like there's a big delay on the fireball mm-hmm. it does almost no damage um, i think it scales with your intelligence which is a weird stat in this game but it does very little damage um you uh there's this little like when you do it you get kind of locked in place for a second mm-hmm. and you're it's you're always fighting enemies that are coming at you from 45 degree angles yeah and this happens so it's it's pretty useless for actually doing air air to air combat like it's not like it's not a thing in this game yeah you know so it feels like a meaningful upgrade but it's really not right it's just another thing to do as you're but, as uh, you're flying around uh, yeah. having the bat means we can do a bunch of extra stuff though so we're going to go clean up the rest of the the castle um should we talk about the alternate ending now though uh yeah we can because we can go get it um (laughs) if we want to yeah so we can go uh up the castle keep uh using the bat form to uh bypass this broken um this you know the 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 broken staircase and we can confront richter yeah and do a fight with richter with richter's kind of moveset yeah um which is uh you know it's a it's a fine fine fun boss fight Mm mm-hmm um, you know, but you get the uh, the shitty ending, <laughs> which is uh, because just... Richter, you know, is is not a bad guy, and and Maria's been telling us that, and uh, we know that because we played as Richter, right? So yeah, so like the ending of it is just like, oh, so what next? Well, I don't know. Why did this happen? I don't know. I guess we just need to go on with our lives. We'll yep. just pretend then, it didn't happen. Yeah, and that can be the end of the game, and it can be uh, like three hours long, right? Or two and a half hours long. <laughs> you know if you if you want it to be but obviously there's more to it and right. uh, the game has done a really good job of signaling there's more to it um i think yep. um and having more game is a good thing to reward exploration with yes um, as much as i i kind of just i'm not super on board with the inverted castle right um i like these extra areas mm-hmm. and stuff and i like the way that like oh i have the bat like i should actually really explore yeah. to get stuff it's not going to be just go collect the hundred things it's going to be go fight new bosses and listen to new music and see new biomes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Way into it. Yeah. 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 One of those places we can go to, we got a title card for it. This is Orlox's lair, which is kind of a, a, a church that is embedded in the middle of the castle. It's mostly big and empty. Like I love the, uh, the churchyard location outside yeah. with, uh, with some of that armor, but mostly it's just a place to fly around. Yeah. Orlox is, is, is cool. Yes. Um, you know, you go through, there's also in Orlox's lair to get to him. You go through that, uh, that dungeon too. Yep. Uh, up above where like the people are begging uh, to get out. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I love that part of it, but really the, the main attraction here is Orlox himself, which uh, when you show up, he's like sitting at a table, like in this like casual guidance counselor pose <laughs> and then gets up to fight you. And it's so like cinematic and cool for not knowing anything about who Orlox is. Yeah. He just has a name like that. That, that yeah. is the entire story. He has a name and he's in, he's in a church and I will yeah, feel he's, he's got a lair. <laughs> He's like one of Dracula's lieutenants or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really cool fight, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's multi-stage in a, in a pretty fun way. So he starts out as just kind of a, a humanoid priest who will summon bats and skulls uh, to attack you. But then shortly after you kill his human form, he morphs into a lizard man who makes inappropriate sound effects for his attacks. Yes. Yep. <laughs> a big, big, big lizard beast thing. Um, beating him gives you the echo of the bat, which is a way to use echolocation as the bat. Which is really just useful to get one item that leads to another item that will unlock the uh, the true ending. The end of, yeah, the true ending. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, I love the fake out because after you kill the the, the lizard form, he turns into a skeleton. Um, it pulls a pulls a crate on you. Yeah, yeah. 
um creed or that um oh that's what i mean fuck me yeah yeah the, yeah i, uh, I forget the, his the, name lava the, man red, red boy yeah, yeah. Red, yeah red red, red, red boy man. multi eye yeah red red method method boy <laughs> yeah. yeah red mom and method mom um the uh so the other thing we can unlock here and there's a, one of the more like tantalizing little secrets is in that big pit in the aqueduct section mm-hmm. there is a uh there was a little opening Yes. So, right. You couldn't get to unless you could fly. Mm-hmm. And boy, did I try <laughs> to like fall and double jump and try to get there. You know, like if I go back and forth between wolf form and regular form, can I just make it? You can't. Yeah. Uh, but you can as the bat. Yep. And this gets you over um, into uh, this uh, this big drop. And <laughs> you have two save rooms that are right next to each other, one of which is a regular save. Um, and hopefully you go do that one. I think it's on the left. And if you go to the right, uh, you are kind of encapsulated in this, in this coffin and taken to the nightmare. Yeah. This is a mimic. Yeah. Like a mimic save point. Mm. And, uh, the nightmare is again, it's uh, trying to add some pathos to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch your, your mother, Lisa die on the cross again. Um, she was, uh, you know, killed by villagers mm-hmm. and she says, Hey, these humans, they're scum. Uh, you should despise them and, and kill them. Mm-hmm. And, Wait a minute! Uh, that's not how this happened. You know, I would think I would remember. <laughs> I yeah. think I would remember the moment of my mom's death. Yeah, but but she's doing she's doing the the Magneto thing, right? Like you know the like it's either us or them, Charles. You know, uh, <laughs> and and you have to you have to be Professor X and be like, no, it's us and them. I, I like 1940s radio Magneto. Yeah, now these humans are real bad eggs. Yeah. We are the future, Charles, not them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so the stakes are real high. If you die in the dream, you die in real life. And also you are sucked uh, into oblivion. Like there is no, yes. there is no afterlife uh, yes. for, for dying here. So you uh, enter a fight with this succubus, uh, which is a decoy fight. Yeah. Um, not that big a deal. Right. Um, you know, sexy. <laughs> of course. And that's about it. Yeah, no, I just, uh, uh, the, 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 the real challenge here is uh, not being distracted by your boner. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And, uh, so if you can put away your, your bone dog, um, you can, you can fight the succubus and get the, uh, the gold ring, Yes, which is one of the, uh, end game items. Yeah. It's a here. description. I, I forget which one, but there, there, there like are two items. Clock. Yes. With you, you know, like in the room with the clock, dot, dot, dot. And then the other one is wear both rings. So, I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't even have that. It just says wear clock, wear dot, dot, dot clock. Okay. And the other one says like both dot, dot, dot rings or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and once you do this, you actually get the the real thing from his mom, her uh, Ellie Card's mom, who was forgiving mm-hmm. of the fact that she was, uh, you know, lynched essentially for boning down with the Dracula, <laughs> um, and just says like, you know, forgive them. Theirs is already a hard lot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, gives you a little little bit of wisdom, which is like I guess the theme of the game. I mean, like <laughs> I don't, the. <laughs> I don't know. I um, mean, like just it, it is it is it is uh, uh, Alucard's. It's a linchpin for Alucard's relationship with his dad. I yeah, don't know. yeah, I, I I suppose. Um, and she and she, he you you punch dad enough, he just turns over on it too. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yep. she was right. You, you know, here's here's some Bible quotes. I'll be back in a hundred years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you have this gold ring. You can also go down to the abandoned mind mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. To do this, you have to get into a bat room, uh, which will kind of spawn these uh, barrel throwing ape skeletons. Uh, these, these little undead Kongs who will throw these exploding barrels and you can destroy a bridge to, uh, to, to, to get down into this, uh, kind of interstitial area before the catacombs. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, 
yeah and it's a it's a, it's a pretty cool kind of spooky zone mm-hmm. um you go in through this giant very metroid-esque like gigantic mouth like dog statue mouth yeah yeah thing to get in there there's this nice little like quiet part where you there's these like five platforms like your hearts <laughs> are like staggered like looks really neat yeah um, and you fight a Cerberus. Yep, a Cerebros, uh, which is just yeah. heads. It's not it's just Cerberus. Cerberus is the thing, guys. Yeah. 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 But uh, barrages uh, you with fireballs. There are platforms above him, uh, which will kind of get him caught in the spider room shooting jets of flame upward. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, but not that big of a deal. No. no. Um, and if you, you get to this place with this little button on the wall, um, and you need the uh, the demon familiar, and he'll go like, ah, there's something about this wall. <laughs> Peter um, Laurie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and push this button, uh, laying you in the secret area where you have the Ares ring, uh, which gives you the strength of 24 men, mm-hmm. uh, which lowers your defense down to you know very low. It actually still does matter, right. um, but it increases your offense. And this was how I played for a big section of this middle game was a super glass cannon. Me too. Um, with the shield, shield rod buff and the Ares ring, uh, mm-hmm. you can just do incredible damage. Yeah, yeah. Um, this becomes super unviable when you get to uh, <laughs> yep. the inverted castle. Oh yeah, no, uh, I, and that uh, I I forgot that the Ares ring acted that way. I was wondering why all of my uh, why, why my armor didn't seem to matter um, as I was upgrading it. Yeah. So the 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 the, the catacombs introduce wear skeletons who are just more more uh, mobile than the previous ones. I love the way these things animate. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And then bone arcs, you know, carrying around these little sedan guys. And then the bone arcs are some of my favorite yeah. things because you uh, it's it's this little uh, skeleton snakehead that shoots out a very powerful beam uh-huh. carried by these two servants. And if you kill, you can kill them in different orders to make them do different things. Just that detail for And So <laughs> if you kill one of the uh, the servants, uh, it will fall down. You know, the, the, the little carriage will fall down, uh, but it'll still work. If you kill just the thing on top, the two servants will run around like they, you know, they're missing their heads, like like Muppets, <laughs> and try to get away from you. Like Muppets. Yeah, like like little, ah, you know, the Muppets when they run around with their, their ah, arms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Run around like Muppets. Yeah, like Muppets. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, real, real good, though. Like super, super good. The slime's less inspired, but um, yeah. the little, this is uh, the little demons with the fires are here. Right? Yeah, yeah, they'll uh, they're like the imps that'll uh, uh, leave the motes of flame behind them. I don't know about these guys. Nope. Uh, I think these things are more annoying than anything else. They get uh, they're compounded because they really love using those in the inverted castle. It feels yeah. like it is specifically meant to make flying a pain in the ass. Yeah, because they realized, oh shit! Like we made these challenges, but we also gave you the ability to bypass all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, yeah, these little things are just more of an annoyance than actually like a fun challenge. I think. Yeah. Um. So you kind of make your way through here. Um, again, more cool. Like anytime there's a gigantic knight with a weapon, oh, you know, we yeah. fought one of them with a sword. We fought one of them uh, with a big ball and chain. Um, here are the discus lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a little Rygar. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's great. Um, these things are very fun to fight, um, but you get past him and you eventually get to the Grand Falloon. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the coolest design bosses in the game. Yeah. I love the Grand Falloon or Legion uh, when he pops up in different places. I'll always go for the Grand Falloon because of the Vonnegut reference. Yep. But yeah, this is... Uh, It'll always be my favorite boss in one of these games. Yeah. So this is a huge kind of agglomeration of uh, of bodies that will fall off and kind of walk around. And at the center is this uh, kind of awesome skeletal looking core. Mm. But this guy's yeah. just fucking gigantic. And, you know, it kind of wouldn't have been possible if they were not able to mix 3D and 2D because, like, the whole effect here is that the entire thing rotates. And it is like four screens worth of enemy size. I just, I absolutely love how just like he just sloughs off these like kind of like 
you know, these inside looking like mud men corpses. Yeah. You know, it, it just it just looks amazing. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is a really great boss. But again, it really underlines that reward thing because beating him is getting an elemental sword worse than the one you have. Yep. <laughs> you know, like you don't get anything cool for fighting this incredible set piece. Right. You know, it's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I don't really want this like the dark, dark sword. You know, I'm not like the. It is unnecessary for me to mix and match elemental weaknesses in this game. Right. You know, when everything is pretty effective. Yeah, like if, um, if if that was something I was supposed to be doing, like set up the game to where I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the secret the, here is way far at the right, which is a room that is impossible to navigate without uh, a specific set of uh, of upgrades. Well, is this the uh, the bat room? Yes, where you yeah use the echo location to get through this dark room that's full of spikes. Yeah, um, luckily you only have to do it once. Once you get to the end, there's a little platform that lights it up, mm-hmm. um, and you're getting the spike breaker armor. And it's very satisfying to go back through. Yep. And break all these spikes. <laughs> yeah. Gotta say. Uh, this is a set of armor where if you uh, run through spikes, they'll just kind of crumble away before yeah. you. There's a, and if, you know, when we were in the, uh, uh, the cathedral, um, there was a, a passage full of spikes. Yes. That we could go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is actually where we're headed now. Right. Um, so uh, it's a passage full of spikes uh, that you have to kind of mist through, which was kind of what was stopping you before. Uh, from just batting, you know, like yeah. fly flying is a bat between them. But at the end of this, Maria is meeting there. Um, and, you know, uh, at this point, I break the I break the news that, hey, a Belmont, I don't know if it's your Belmont, but a yeah. Belmont is the lord of this castle and something something different and bad is going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she then gives you the silver ring uh, or drops it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you now have both rings that you can use in the clock room to uh to go back through um yeah. there's a bunch of little minor things we're not touching on that right, you can go back yeah. to like there's like a weird area above the uh, first area um and again you're just like usually getting just kind of trash right, uh, right items um here but you know so we're not touching on every little thing but with your full verbs that you can do a lot of stuff yeah you can just go just do like that. a grand tour of yeah. this place and like get like a hundred percent if you want yeah. to yeah more than a hundred percent i mean you we're know? gonna get there yeah um <laughs> more than 200 percent. like yeah. you you know you can you can go uh even further but um, we're just going to paper over that stuff. Cause again, it's not that powerful. Like we've touched on the bosses, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the little tiny items and stuff are not that cool yeah. or useful. Critical path plus. Yes. Yeah. Um, so once you go to that room in the clock tower, if you wear both rings, the floor opens up and, uh, you fall down into this little like weird pentagram cube, uh, D20 thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's like a, it's, it's a room within a room. It's like they built the, uh, Mm, like, like the small room inside of a house where you can grow marijuana without the cops flying over and getting you with heat guns. <laughs> yeah. Like it is a, it is a very strange thing, but this is uh this is where you find Maria and she gives you the holy glasses, which yes. specifically will let you see beyond evil illusions. And her dialogue alludes to the idea that Richter is, you know, like Richter wouldn't do this. He's probably being controlled by someone. So you head back up now with the glasses and uh, Richter, you know, says like uh, he gives you his weird purpose here. His like his his beard that he has. And he would have said this before, too, if, when you just fight him without the glasses. But he right, says right. Uh, he's the reason why he wants to resurrect Dracula is because he doesn't want to be without purpose. Right. Uh, Belmont's fight Dracula's. If there's no Dracula, <laughs> then I'm just going to miss a generation. Right. 
you know, and then it makes me think about like that, like the island of misfit Belmonts, where like <laughs> there's tons of Belmonts that just live and die without a Dracula. Yeah, there's just like a Belmont who makes shoes for a living. Yeah, and just you know, like just like humming to himself while he stitches boots. But but Richter's kind of like a little. He's he's a big boss with this. Like he wants to create a form of perpetual war because because that's just what we do as as Belmonts. Yeah. Um, that's what we do. Just what we do in Konami games. Right. Um, <laughs> but this time when you fight him, there's a little orb uh, above his head. Yeah. And uh, this is a bad orb. So I, I deem it sphere. Um, and you <laughs> destroy the sphere above his, his head. Uh, and then shaft appears. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Shut your mouth. It's, it's such a dumb name. Yeah. Like it's, it's such an obvious joke, but it, they, if they didn't want people to make that joke, they should have named their priest shaft. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, like man, localization is a thing. Like you just have we, to be like, this is the joke answer. Yeah. Like, joke like we, we, we just, we just can't like, yeah. we need to find something else. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, the, 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 okay. Well, what, uh, the evil priest shart. There we go. Nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Hi, my name's shart. Like, I control the Belmont. Yeah. It's, um, it, it may as well be shart. Yeah. I mean, as well, shark. Yeah, it's it's a bad name. Yeah. Um, but he says, "Hey, the re- resurrection is hand. You did nothing. Um, you just kind of slowed it down." And then the inverted castle appears above the real one. <laughs> so uh, dumb. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But we have to before we get into like you know the the analytical part of this, and we're going to talk about the downfalls of the inverted castle. Yeah. Uh, I want to you know do a, a, a right you know a backtrack back to my you know seventeen year old self. Mm-hmm. Who thought this was the best and coolest fucking thing in the world? Oh yeah, like I get the idea of why this is good. Yeah, uh, with while well, I'm I'm gonna go through and say and and the point up until this point, like we're kind of you know it kind of sucks that you fight Grand Floon and get nothing meaningful for it, mm-hmm. but this is so good up to this point. Yeah, like so goddamn good. Um, the the, the, the details, entire upright castle is is kind of unassailable. Yeah, um, the bosses are fun. Um, the enemy designs are really cool. The music is phenomenal. Um, and when I was young, just more of that was all I cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked an upside down, uh, Brinstar or whatever. Like I would have liked an upside down Metroid at this point. Yep. Like, you know, I just liked that game and I didn't understand at that point that the idea that good things ending, yeah. you know, or like good things end, Yeah. you know, like I didn't really get that. So just having more, uh, Symphony of the Night was all I wanted. And it's such a cool little secret. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels, it feels subversive in a way that like. Is really cool. Yeah, it's a it, like it. It initially reads as a staggering act of generosity on the part of the creators of this game. Like the closest thing I can I can think of to like the feeling that I got when I unlocked the uh, the, the inverted castle the first time because I knew it was th- there. You know, by the time I played this game, I didn't play it at launch. Um, you know, but like by the time I got to it, like the closest thing is that dream you have where you're in your apartment, but you find a door to a whole different a whole different house inside your place. You know, like yeah. oh, there's just more of this than I initially than I initially thought there was. You know, like this game is twice as big as it as it sold itself. Yeah, and there, and there's a lot uh, to be done and said for the idea of taking a space you're familiar with and subverting that. Yeah. Um. You know that's that's something that we value as a you know we on the show we talked about a lot. That's mm-hmm. something I personally valued and always valued. Yeah. Um. And something that you know it can be done really masterfully, like the way that spaces are kind of subverted. Um. When you get to the dark world version of Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Uh, for example, or even in uh, uh, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, this is the weird opposite version of this. Yeah. Um, And you'd think that by making it a platformer and actually literally flipping things upside down, um, you would get a lot out of that. 
Right. Um, and there are a couple of things that are actually cool mm-hmm. that you get from it, but it breaks a lot of the game. Right. Um, it breaks. Uh, you've already collected everything meaningful to collect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two things you can get now that are cool are the thing that lets you be fog forever and the thing that makes your fog poisonous. Yep. And the reason why they're cool is because it allows you to skip bullshit rooms in yep. the inverted castle. <laughs> like it, it, it solves a problem that the game just gave us. Right. Exactly. Uh, because, uh, you know, just taking this place and, and, and inverting it, no matter if they design those spaces to kind of work upside down, the ends don't completely meet. I don't think they, they a lot of the spaces they did design to work upside down. No, they did. I think that's just, yeah. yeah, when you have the ability to fly, every space can work upside down. Right. But like and there are exceptions to that. Like there are plenty... a couple parts where like you know, where they do other cool stuff. But yeah. but mostly the space is predominated by jumps that you can kind of almost make. So you will just do a double jump, recognize you're not going to get it, and then just do this incredibly soggy transition to a bat you know, by pulling yep. your, uh, or, or into, into mist later on. Like it's just stuff that almost does, like almost works, but doesn't, or when almost you, could and, work, but doesn't. And when, by the time I've turned into a bat, what motivation do I have to actually engage <laughs> with these levels? Right. Like I'm already turned into a bat. Like I can just bypass like almost all of this, Uh huh. you know? And it's like, it's fun to fight some of the enemies. It's cool to see, you know, and they, they really do bring it with like, you know, still unique enemies and stuff that come show up here. Yeah. But I, you know, there's not, I can just, you can skip everything. Like everything mm-hmm. becomes kind of optional. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I just, I think it is like a bummer and there are a couple of places like cool traps, you know, things like that, that they do. They're actually meaningful, different, meaningfully different yeah. now that things are upside down. Um, but one of the things, the other thing that this does is, uh, you know, I mentioned that you already found all of your meaningful navigation upgrades other than the fog ones, mm-hmm. which, uh, but every single place where there used to be a treasure in the game even down to those very minor elementary treasures, like your first short sword, um, you know, the, the cube of Zoe, things like that have to have something there. Yep. What does the game have to give you at this point? Not a <laughs> lot. Like you, there's a couple cool weapons you can get in the, the second castle, but mostly like, you're just going to, I remember like very distinctly, like you go to a place where it's like, Oh man, this is where I found the ring of Aries. And it's just, you know, some meal tickets. Yep. Uh, you know, this is the place where I found, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z. Oh, it's, it's some resist lightning potions. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I, like, I don't need any of this stuff. And, like, reward isn't the only reason to explore. No. But it's a reason to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like a, a, uh, a anti-climax. Yeah. Yeah. And so one thing that does, you know, that, that does change with this is they, you know, the game gets a lot harder. Like, you know, these long hallways that are yeah. full of enemies, they're full of enemies that are much more aggressive. They do a lot more damage and they're combined um, in ways that they were not. So, like, this is a very easy game. There are some hallways in the inverted castle that are just that that are just movement taxes. Almost. Yeah. If you decide not to not to bypass them, there are new enemies and they're fun to fight. Right. Yeah. You know, and I will I will always at least want to appreciate their animation or the way they attack to see the way that they work. But again, it's just the like these these incentives that don't quite line up in between. Yeah. And so like Um, the inverted castle just becomes a grand tour to fill out the map to see the different ways that these articulate and then just to go back to the boss rooms to fight the new boss, because that is the that is the centerpiece of this. Yeah. The bosses are really the the biggest thing that the inverted castle adds, which is worthwhile. Like if, if you're. The inverted castle as it is, not like a perfected version in our heads. Right. If you're asking me to vote for it to exist or not exist, I would rather have it than not. Right. Uh, but I think that it is, I can't like good, it's very hard to call it a good thing. Yeah. You know? Like it is, <laughs> it is an imperfect delivery system for something fun, which is it is fun to fight Castlevania bosses. 
Exactly. And fun to move around in this engine and, and fun to, you know, to have the sound effect on level up and fun. You know, all these things are good. Yeah. That difficulty spike can't really be understated because it is, uh, it's really, really harsh. Yeah. You know, there, like the number of rooms in regular castle, I think are pretty tricky. Uh, you can count on, you know, three fingers Yeah. and, uh, here it is right out the bat. Like things are pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. We're not going to go through every area cause that'd be crazy. The music stays the same too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's the thing. Aesthetically, like it, like the, the theme is exactly the same. So you're not seeing that much new. Um, everything is just kind of stuck to the ceiling, which, okay, great. Lionel Richie. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the music is the same. So yeah, it, it's such a big reason to want to see new stuff mm-hmm. in the main game. And now that's not really a thing. Yeah. You know, like uh, you get to see new bosses, you get to see new enemies, but like a big part of that is no longer right around. So that that bums me out. Uh, Inverted Castle generally really bums me out. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the bosses. Um, and this is they're doing some kind of clever, cute things with this. And one of the things is having you fight bosses from old Castlevanias. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which um, uh, which work, works pretty well. Like you start um, in the throne room again. You're upside down. It's it's cool if that is you know, the, the, your, your new, uh, your new beginning area, but like mm-hmm. you can go and immediately fight the dark wing bat. Yep. Uh, when you're in trouble, you <laughs> call DB. Um, so this is a very easy boss. Um, it is a polygonal boss, uh, kind of comes through and tries to essentially like wind buffet you out of the wall and then, uh, kind of slam you with uh, wing flaps Yeah, that it, that it has or, or slam you with a kind of charges. Yes. Yeah. Um, but pretty easy. Yeah, it's, it just it moves in a different way because it's polygonal and because it's a yeah. it's a three D model. It doesn't feel as uh, kind of snappy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and killing this gets you the ring of Vlad. So one thing that you have to do in this, there are five relics that you need to get in order to enter the final chamber, which again is that room that initially was below the clock room now is above it. But you need to get like these parts of your dad to bring to Shaft. Yes, uh, mirroring Castlevania too. Yep. Uh, getting the different artifacts and they have minor effects. Um, usually they're just kind of static stat buffs. Yeah. Uh, and then one thing that makes you immune to a uh, curse. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like, uh, I do could not care less about that. Um, heading into the, and you can go either way through this as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is the intended way is to go uh, clockwise right. <laughs> or get through here. But, uh, cause going through the uh, Royal cathedral is also harder. Yeah. Um, as it always is, mm-hmm. um, going through the clock, uh, tower is pretty tricky. Um, here, um, we have these bomb throwing knights. Yeah, um, I will yeah. always like a big cartoon round black bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, I should get like, they make like replicas of those. Like I should have one of those cause it's a, a you know, a classic aesthetic object. Oh yeah. Um, I like those things a lot. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, and these, uh, these floating, uh, guys, yeah, these, these, cloak cloak, these cloak knights, um, in addition to the Medusas, like this area is incredibly busy. Yeah. Um, so you're making your way through this very, very dense area. There's not, again, there's not a boss here. You just fought the boss for, for this area. Yeah. Um, trying to make your way to the outer wall so you can get to the library. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is where they introduce the, uh, the wizard of Oz enemies. These 10 men are just a pain in the dick. Yeah, they are. We, Cause you can't get close to them. They don't no. take stun. They don't get stunned. Right. Uh, and they just, they just shred you. Mm-hmm. They're these little, like, like the, the cleaners from a uh, labyrinth. <laughs> um, these are just kind of like whirling blades that come towards you. But then yeah. you also fight, you know, uh, 
the the scarecrow is like impaled on a, a pitchfork and bounces around <laughs> and uh, um, like really he doesn't great. do damage when he passes you like if you if you're just on the stake part yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the uh the lion is this like he has cool wolverine claws and yeah you know pretty pretty cute mm-hmm. and, and imaginative we also forgot to mention uh right as soon as you leave the first enemy you run into is uh yorick little skeleton mm. chasing his head around accidentally <laughs> yeah. kicking it yeah uh that's phenomenal yeah i mean uh, I, just, I just love the idea that the, the books came to life <laughs> well, that's not that's not here. That's actually right when you get to the inverted castle. Oh yeah, there we he's go. up on yeah. the roof. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, it would have made, made sense for him to be here. Yeah, yeah. but um, you know, he, that's there's only one of them in the game, and he's just real cute. <laughs> yep. You know, like and you you can kill him, and then his skull is a separate enemy, and you can kill his skull, and it's just it's really really great. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Um, yeah, but you're you know, you're making your way through here. Uh, the schmooze, as we mentioned, this is where you can get the chrysalium. Uh, you can get the chrysaliot. The uh, <laughs> the the weapon that finally allows you to take a life. Uh, <laughs> Yep. And uh, <laughs> uh there's there, there's a boss kind of where you fought the initial doppelganger, uh where uh, it's the creature. Again, he's back, back again. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh he's a, he's big this time and uh <laughs> I love his big dumb hammer. Yeah. yeah. He looks really cartoony. He looks like he's from another game. Yeah, yeah. He's got um, that he's got that flat head and he's got the vacuum tube sticking out of his back. Yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a pretty good and fun uh kind of iteration on the on the Frankenstein's monster trope. And you can really you can get through all of him without really getting hurt because this is where your backdash or one of the boss fights where your backdash is very very useful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just wait for him to lift his hammer above his head, backdash, get out of the way, hit him a couple times. Yeah, right, no problem. Yeah, you can yeah. head up to the underground caverns, and again, this is a place that is just not optimized to be upside down, so you end up having to just fly. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like you know, getting around kind of becomes a pain in the dick. Uh, here, you can also fight that your doppelganger has uh, leveled up. Because uh, before it was Doppelganger ten, which was you at level ten. This mm-hmm. is Doppelganger forty, you at level forty. Yeah, I I don't know what it was. I couldn't beat this guy without stop watching him. I tried so many times. Um, I I did, but I don't really remember my my tactic. Yeah. Um, I think that the sword I'm using at this point is the Luminous. Mm. Uh, I think I found. Um, no, no, I'm using the Alucard sword because you get that if you go to the left. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is where you get the uh, Alucard set or the Alucard uh, sword at least because you got the shield. Somewhere yeah, around the, here the, as well. Yeah, the, the shield's over like in the catacombs. That's another thing you're kind of picking up um, as you go through here. You're picking up the Dracula weapons, but you're also picking up your really strong. It's not the strongest, but the Alucard set is very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you want to be a, a sword and board Alucard boy instead of using one of these other weirder weapons, mm-hmm. you pick up that set. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I might have had the Alucard sword, and I did okay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, did not stop watch him, but um, I don't remember exactly what I had. Yeah, yeah. He just uh, he he deploys projectiles in a way that's very hard to avoid. I think. Yeah. And then you get that yeah. knockback. And knockback's bad. Yep. Um. The uh the Scylla boss corridor instead of a boss being there, there are these dark octopuses. Yeah. These little plant <laughs> octopus things that spit ink at you and stuff. Yeah. And this like- is a really great room if you uh you know I was talking about refilling my health with the Alucard shield and mm-hmm. the shield rod. This yeah. is a really good room for it. Yeah, they're laid out so dense, so densely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are sloggers in the Cerberus room. Repeat, there are sloggers in the Cerberus room. <laughs> um, the ship is at the dock. The, um... <laughs> no, but again, you're, you're, you know, they're, they're, they're dropping in enemies that used to be bosses, which thumbs up. Always yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you can fight death. This is the death. easiest version of death. I think in the entire series. Yeah. Other than like the Castlevania two death is very easy as well. Yeah, I suppose. So. Um, but this is, this is a very easy death. Yeah. N- you know, no, literally no problem. Right. Uh, just uh, very anemic with how he throws out his little sights. Um, the catacombs are full of these witch enemies, which I, I really love. I love these um, things. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of two different flavors of them. Um, the witch, the Salem witches that, uh, 
shoot cats at you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an item you can get that called the cat ring that says it. I think the description is like big health from cat damage, <laughs> uh, which I really love. And it just means you heal like 999 hit points when you get hit by a cat. But this is the only enemy that shoots cats at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sadly. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's such a cool little little detail. You know, this enemy only appears once, but there's an item that kind of, you know, aligns yeah. with it. Yep. And she like she'll fill a room. Um, yeah. with, uh, with, with all this stuff kind of on the way to where the, where the spikes, uh, used to be or the spike. Breaker. Yeah. Um, the other, witch, it's like one half, witch or something like that, um, is a, is, is an ice, witch, uh, not yes, an uh, ice, witch, but an ice, witch. yes. And stronger than the, uh, the ice, like kind of specters we fought before. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the ice, witch is pretty tricky mm-hmm. in this game. This is a good place for the stopwatch as well. Yeah. She's something, um, because... um, like, uh, like iceberg meteors almost that'll yeah. fill, the, the fill the area. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, these things are fun to fight. Um, this is all on your way to, to Gallimoth, um, oh, who is Gallimoth. the, uh, is the, is like the challenge boss yeah. to the game. Like this is the big optional boss. That's, that's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not beat this guy, uh, either with Richter when I was younger mm-hmm. or with Alucard without using the shield rod. Yeah. Uh, so me too. take away I've... my, take away my gamer credit if you want, but I, yep. Uh, do not have the patience and stuff to, to beat this guy. Yeah. I tried him three times and then I just, I was like, all right, I've got to get past this. So later dudes. Yeah. 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 But it, it is, it, it, Okay. It's a little bit tedious. So. Yeah, he's like a two. He's like a two foot uh, or two story tall um, kind of mech that uh, has a tremendous amount of hit points, even with the uh, the uh, Al- Alucard. Yeah, the Alucard shield uh, and and the shield rod. Um, it takes a it takes a little like longer than you would think to, uh, Wait, to it take takes forever. Out. It's like, like, thousand, even, like even it's in the thousands. It's in the thousands. Yeah, I'm, I'm- Way, way thousands because you're doing two hundred fifty five per frame. Yeah, and you just you have to stand on him for like it's like thirty seconds or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like it, it's pretty, it's pretty bonkers. Like he yeah. had a lot of hit points. Yeah. Um, Which sucks because like his attacks are pretty fun. Like, you know, fighting a gigantic thing that can, you know, that, that has these, these distinct patterns. If it, if it didn't take forever to do this, it would be, a, it would be a good fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the kind of tactics, if uh, you want to fight this guy legit without using an overpowered weapon, um, is just put on, you can put on stuff that resists lightning or like you heal from lightning damage. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're kind of in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't find it particularly fun to, to fight this guy. So don't do it. Um, this is the thing you get from behind him is the thing that makes your mist poisonous. Yeah. Um, so there's another item, uh, up in the area by, you can get it kind of right as soon as you get to the, uh, in the inverted castle area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very near the beginning that lets you stay in the mist as long as you want. Or as long as your um, mana, your mana will hold. Which just feels like a real like, hey, we're going to give you some bullshit rooms. Here's how you can pass them if you don't want to. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, and you're resistant to damage when you're missed. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't take damage. It's not even like you take less. You just yeah, don't take I mean, damage yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you're poison missed, you actually kill guys. So you gain XP while doing this. Yep. Um, so, you know, so, Gallimoth, it's, it's a it's a good upgrade that you get for fighting him. But again, it's solving a problem that the game just introduced, I feel like. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, you can go, uh, if you decide to go counterclockwise from the bottom, again, you can, you can take this in, in a bunch of different ways. So don't take the order on these too seriously. Uh, you fight Medusa, you know, Medusa's back. Uh, she's very easy actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she'll shoot these eye lasers, uh, but really it's just, uh, she protects herself with a shield. So you just have to, yeah. you know, it's just a timing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Akmodan too, <laughs> uh, is another, is a mummy. Akmodan the second. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Please, Mr. Akmudan was my father's name. Um, the, uh, this is the uh, uh, Castlevania mummy fight. Yeah, had yeah. It before it comes out of tombs, uh, shoots poison gas. Not a big deal. Yeah, um, and he has a he has a tyrant arm, like a like a twisty yeah. twisty twisty well, tyrant arm. He grabs you and spins you around and throws throws you against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in a silly mummy way, which is 
which is okay. Yep. Um, the Coliseum is just now again just cut, cut and paste minotaurs and, and werewolves. <laughs> like there used to be two, and they've been breeding. Uh, so now the place is lousy with them. Um, yeah. Uh, the boss here is actually really fun. This, I this love is fantastic. these guys. This yeah. is uh, I I don't know. Like I, I like that I did this quite near the end. <laughs> of the game but these are the doppelganger heroes uh our buddies from uh from castlevania 3 are back yeah yeah so we get uh grant the nasty <laughs> yeah. uh, uh if, if grant if you're the nasty mm-hmm. um sifa and uh trevor uh belmont here mm-hmm. and uh they kind of form this like little team up like sifa uh will fly um if you really cool touch if you kill uh trevor or grant sifa will resurrect them oh wow. um has is like a healer in the party <laughs> um pretty cool yeah. Uh, and then Grant gets up on the ceiling and kind of throws daggers down at you. Yep. <laughs> um, as you fight the three, three of them. It's very imaginative. Like, all these bosses, other than uh, Galamoth, have been pretty cool, even yeah. if they're easy. Yeah. You know, I like fighting the the, the uh, Medusa, things like that. So mm-hmm. the boss fights really are the draw. Yeah, here. for sure. Um, and then there's uh, Beelzebub. I forget. This is also fantastic. Yeah, I love this guy. He's a huge kind of, like, chained up corpse. This gets into, like, scary scary, as opposed to, like, yeah, spooky this- scary. I love it. Like he's, he's some of these gigantic polygonal flies, uh, <laughs> things that fly uh, or like they're scaled or something. They're sprites, but they scale in and out. Yeah. Um, and the, the kind of trick to this is he has this core, um, his torso that takes damage. The more of his, his limbs that you take off, which are the easy things to get to, uh, the more flies he creates. Yeah. Um, and this guy actually will do a lot of damage. This is a pretty challenging boss fight. Um, I think this is the hardest boss in the game. That's not uh, either the end or Gallimoth. Right. Um, but uh, I, I really, really love this guy. Yeah. So, and he is in the old chambers of uh, the two guys, the yeah, two the, early guys. Yeah, the two early guys. Yeah. But, like, that's all the bosses um, up until the very end. Like, a, you know, somewhere in the course of this, I lost track of where I got which relics because I just wanted to get them all. But yeah. we have all five pieces now, and we can go. Um, we can, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a couple other things, you know, that are worth noting about the inverted castle like a couple yes. other things they add in like we i talked about it just briefly when i was talking about the things it adds but there are a couple of places um in the marble gallery uh there are these little awnings at the ceiling that they hide these uh zelda ass spike traps oh yeah and they yeah. do tons of damage um i like that touch mm-hmm. um the uh, nova skeletons start showing up oh yeah and the, uh the iron those, those things skeletons are, yeah yeah the, you know who, who open up their their arc arc chest plate and just shoot out <laughs> you know things that will do most of your hit points um, but they become really fun. They become like really high priority targets. Yeah. You know, like I have to take this thing out before it gets a chance to attack. Yeah. Um, things like that. So there is like some other charm. Yeah. And then like the, there are some places where like the geometry changes, like over in the um, over over in the alchemy lab, like there are like um, boulders that have fallen and blocked blocked your path that you have to get around. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of that, but there's a little bit of that. Um, you know, so pretty, you know, there are some things that are kind of cool about it. Um, but not, uh, not tons. Yeah. So really we can kind of make our way to the end game here, which is, you know, it's a, it feels about right. It does. So. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's about time. And I'm, yeah. I'm opening, uh, opening a, a video of this because I forgot to make a note of exactly how this, how this fight articulates. Not very hard, but, um, you go, uh, to the clock room and you again, go to that crazy Eldritch chamber, um, and you face down shaft. Yes. Um, so shaft is an orb boy, a uh, sphere boy. <laughs> Um, he, he shoot he summons these spheres that kind of float around him, um, as he, uh, you know, and, and fights you moves back and forth, shoots spells. Yep. It's like, it's a caster boss. Yeah. Um, and he, he reveals his plan here. Um, again, as much as the, as much as the story matters, he has, um, taken over Richter kind of in order to bring you out, 
because uh like if two vampire hunters kill each other something happens that keeps dracula around forever because of you know because of reasons right yeah you know uh, we need two ash to uh <laughs> to set fire to the ashes of Ariandel before the prophecy can be <laughs> yeah can be because of reasons yeah you um, know, because that's how it is that's how we wrote yeah. it yeah. yeah that's just why not um so yeah it's it's you know yeah, I don't care. But you, but you you fight him eventually, and then uh, Dracula shows up. Yes. So Dracula's he, here. Um, he tries to, again, use your mom's death to make you turn against humans. You know, come and stand by my side and make you be more powerful than ever. Well, we'll get revenge on the people who killed your mom. And yeah. he you, you school him, and you say, like, no, mom wanted to yeah. save the humans. You right. know, you're, you're a fool. <laughs> um, and then you fight Dracula, who is this big, like, Gradius-style, like background demon yeah thing. yeah this is one uh, of the one of the only big background fights that we've had i expected yeah. uh, for some reason in my head i remember there being more of them but yeah mm-hmm. he has these uh three heads he looks a little bit uh, xenomorphy um yeah in the, in the head area but on either side of the screen as you're you know floating in this technicolor world um he has these claws that are kind of like keeping you hemmed in as he throws uh fireballs at you from his mouths yeah yeah um, there's not, you know, this is pretty, if you have like adequate healing stuff and you, you do because you didn't have anything else to spend resources on <laughs> because of the night, like this is not too bad. Right. Um, your shield is not going to be very useful to you here. So I just equipped healing potions on my offhand yep. and just used it like, you know, Diablo, like pressing the trigger button in Diablo and making sure that I'm healing yeah. at a steady clip. Um, and you just kind of out damage him. Yeah. You know, try to do your best to avoid the fireballs. You can gear up for it. You can do some elemental resist, uh, stuff to make him significantly easier. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, it's a little bit of, you know, Castlevania, the end bosses tend to be really hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dracula and these, and this is not that bad. No, it's really just like a, like a resource test. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, you, if you've been prudent and conservative enough with your things and you potion up uh, for this and put on your right resistances, like you will kind of walk through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you kill Dracula. <laughs> yep. Well, you don't quite kill him. You well, free, yeah, you like you, you free, banish him and you free you, him. you freeze everything for the um uh <laughs> just the way this is done. So the the final dialogue with him takes place. Um, I'm looking at it right now with uh, with Dracula's beast form uh, suspended in in the air behind you, and then Al- Al- Alucard just kind of jump you know jumping up and attacking one of the heads. The dialogue here, um, you know, like oh, you know, you've been doomed ever since you lost the power of love. Again, the son trying to diagnose the father, um, and Dracula quotes Matthew, and then. You know, I say the the or Alucard says yeah, he, he asks. He says, you know, what were what were Lisa's last words? Yes, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it was, uh, you, know, you know, forgive the humans the, or you know. forgive the humans. There's already a hard hard or You know, I can't remember yeah. exactly where that shows up. Something like that, and then you know, Dracula feels a little bit bad uh, <laughs> for now, and then dies. Yep. So he's sealed yep. away until the next century. Until he gets summoned into Neo Tokyo to, <laughs> to do battle with Soma and his. <laughs> crew of you know um but for now it is 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 an ending right of sorts yeah um the castle dissolves and uh you get there's different endings here uh one of the the very best ending is gated based on how much you explored right so you have to have uh, above like 196 point something uh percent. Yeah. yeah yep um you get to this end where alucard meets maria and richter outside yeah and uh you know they're they're doing their whole like wow we did it yeah uh, kind of talk and uh, Alucard is going to take off. Yep. Uh, he needs to be, seal himself away because he still has that evil inside of him. Yes, he's got the taint. <laughs> and uh, and he says, uh, you know, the only thing uh, necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing, which is <laughs> which is true. You know, it's yeah. like, is that the theme? <laughs> um, I, you know, 
don't. Uh, what are you getting at here, Symphony yeah, of the Night? Like, we, I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree. It just seems inappropriate right now. Yeah, it just it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. The rest of what we I actually did with my hands doesn't feel to lead, like it leads up to that. Yeah. Um, and then we get our like the weird that that trend of uh, I was talking about in the Slack of like games ending with this you know kind of sub Celine Dion vocal song. Oh yeah. You know, uh, and it's not it's not entirely, uh, you know, like Japanese games, but it tends to be Japanese games. Yeah. We have this kind of smooth jazz. We've had a we've had a pretty good run of ridiculous credit songs on the on, yeah. the, on the show, actually. Yeah. But yeah, like this, like the like this opens up with some straight up Kenny G ass soprano saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like, OK, <laughs> like um, and it, just, it feels like it is trying to touch my heart in a way that's not earned. Right. Right. You know? It's not um, needed yeah, either. Like, like, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. Like unearned, unneeded. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm going to choose, you know, going to come down to an ending song, like give me some God hands and, and I'll <laughs> you know, get into that. And it's not like I want it to be like a, a 90s show, where it, like a 90s movie where it turns into like, like that rap at the end of Zorro from The Simpsons. <laughs> you to the, to the you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that. But well, I mean, it just, is a, I think every every credit should be uh, presided over by Dream Warriors by Dokken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I mean, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just. uh, uh I would have uh, preferred probably something instrumental, given how good the music is in this game. Oh yeah, yeah. Like give me, give me like one of the more like speed metal-y thing ones or something like that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and then that's uh, that's Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the instinct is to compare it to some of the other you know foil cover episodes that we've done uh, for, for for the show. Uh, you know, and that that feels like a destructive instinct almost like I, it, it, the the game does kind of speak for itself in that regard but like the the, the immediate comparison is to go back 50 episodes and look at this uh, how it hangs with with super metroid which is a swiss clock especially compared to this yeah yeah it is it that is a more perfect game as far as uh perfect in the sense of like not like 10 out of 10 games but like mm-hmm. perfect in the sense of whole right like uh you know artistically whole than this is like it is uh you know there's not a lot of extra chaff right in that game <laughs> whereas i feel like symphony of the night takes chaff and is just like what if we made chaff like what if we made the best possible chaff yeah you know like what if we gave you a lot of superfluous systems and items and areas and enemies and things like that and character and just did that stuff polished it up so fucking well yeah to make up for the core game not being like being always feeling enjoyable in your hands, mm-hmm. but not being deep from a gameplay perspective. Yeah. You know, like the actual, like what you're doing as far as navigating the space and, and fighting enemies uh, has like never been the shallow in a Castlevania game before. Oh, this. no. And there, there, there's possibly, I mean, the, 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 there's a case to be made that like the series never recovered from this. If yeah. you consider this to be a bad thing. And if you are incredibly hungry for the precise and demanding play, of of something like you know like Castlevania three thoughtful layouts and things like that yeah, like a lot yeah. of times you know a lot of sections in Symphony of the Night are a long hallway with two enemies that walk back and forth waiting for you to get there mm-hmm. it's not like you can take a screenshot and be like oh this is composed for this reason right 
you know, there are a couple of places like that where it's like, okay, these Medusa heads are here to harry me while I'm fighting the harpies. Mm-hmm. Um, these uh, these boomerang throwers are here to stop me from moving up this vertical section. Uh, but they don't, it's not like every screen is like that, where I could feel like you can do that with like Castlevania 3 almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this isn't that. Right. Uh, what it changed into, it's like the series turned into up until Order of Ecclesia, like a popcorn series, mm-hmm. like a really, really excellent series of popcorn games. Yeah. You know, like I want to have big, crazy, awesome looking spell effects. I want really imaginative enemies, a wide variety of cool things to find and weapons to use to feel cool and have it sound and look cool, but not actually test me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's even so much so like you can you can and some of the later uh, Metroidvania like portable ones. It you know your build variety matters a little bit more yeah yeah than it does in this like in this there's not really a reason not to like you can theoretically do a spell build of this where like I'm just going to pump int mm-hmm. and get all the relics that or the all the items that uh, increase my mana regen and just do spells yeah um this feels like a first at bat for that like it, it feels yeah. like they were like like the the number of systems that are in play here and how little they're developed actually feels like it comes from a place of insecurity from a design standpoint which is like we're not sure which parts of these are going to work so we can't actually invest any of them with the kind of the kind of intentionality that makes them that makes them exploitable beyond yeah. just like the base the base level of uh, you know a- a- exploitableness that you have with the, the shield rod or with the chrysogram or whatever you know? and, and we also want to make them uh, end there because our, our stated goal is to make this have legs. Right. You know, we want there to be a lot of fun things to do so that anybody can play it. Mm-hmm. And that's no, like, it, it sounds like a damning thing. Um, I don't mean it to be because it's a, I love this series. I like these portable games an awful lot. You yeah. know, the, what this, the spawned, it's just, it's popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it became a, like an excellent, excellent version <laughs> of the not, you know, I can just pick up, um, you know, Dawn of Sorrow and play through it and it's you know 12 hours uh, or so you know for the mm-hmm. thing and then just uh, kind of get through it and have fun the whole time um see some cool shit get some cool good feeling upgrades without ever being taxed right um you know to any degree and that's that's valuable yeah you know and but i don't think they ever did the, the little detail work and stuff that makes it transcendent as well as they do it here right this is that plus all of those little touches that just give it so much personality and make it such a pleasure to take in, mm-hmm. you know, like like a beautiful dessert. Yeah. Like if Super Metroid is just like like the finest cut of like Kobe beef, <laughs> you know, that you'd ever have. This is like a incredibly fancy cake. Yeah, like a delicious, you know, really really well made, good ingredients cake mm-hmm. that just happens to be like, you know, it's it's a it's a cake with like lots of adjectives. It's not like <laughs> a you know a white cake or a chocolate cake it is a black lava frosting cheesecake pumpkin dream new york style you know (laughs) uh, things but with with all kinds of you know but all very good quality you know and and just you know delicious going down like it's such a joy to in your hands yeah you know um there's so much tuning to like oh the sword strike sounds like this so when i get Mm -hmm. hit i make this noise like enemies make this noise when they die like it just feels like excellent Mm -hmm. uh without being you know if you for me if i looked at it very critically like we did for the, the show this time, uh, it's really hard not to see the seams of how it's stitched together. Right. You know? you know, and in the in those places where it doesn't hold together, what you have is something that kind of like a cake belies a lack a lack of substance. A lot of it is air bubbles. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it it is a finely tuned sensation machine, but it just kind of like there's enough to it that if you apply enough scrutiny to one part of it, like everything kind of like rallies around this other thing, you're like, but, 
But yeah. this other thing is, you know, really, really great about it. I think that that's part of, you know, the, 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 the lasting appeal is, you know, that there is enough here for somebody to latch on to in spite of those other things, which goes against one of the ways that we, you know, that, that we've settled on talking about these, which is that those down parts matter. Like, you know, yeah. like you cannot ignore that the inverted castle is a real drag to navigate, you know, just because they did that there. But there's that moment of revelation and there are all those bosses that make it at least worth doing. Yeah. 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 Like you can't, you can't ignore that. that that's a thing. Um, at the same time, it's such a joy in your hand and painless to get through. Yeah. You know, like it's one of those things where I think those, those kind of seams would feel so much worse if this game was twice as long as it was. <laughs> um, even doing the, you know, the end game, doing the full game, I was surprised to remember how short this is. Oh yeah. Like my, my play clock was like seven hours. Like they, they went in, they were like, we want to make a game that you can play that has huge lasting appeal. And they made a game that is a time <laughs> and a half longer than Castlevania three, you know? Right. I mean, more than that, but like it ended up making it, uh, it's bigger, but still not perpetual. Right. Uh, you know, in, in a serious way, but if it had been longer than it was like it, some of that stuff would end up mattering Yeah. as it is, like, it's just kind of like, I want this, I want this candy. Like I want this popcorn mm -hmm. sit down feel real good moving Alucard around getting cool weapons. Like it still feels good to get the double jump every single time, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's really valuable. Yeah. Um, this is, this is like the er example of, of that. And it's, you know, when we say that it puts all that, uh, those points and all that time and effort into aesthetics and, uh, uh, those kind of little details, it's not to say that super Metroid doesn't, right, it's a right. super Metroid put that all into atmosphere, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and this kind of took a humorous, more whimsy, more lighthearted approach to that. And ended up coming up with something also very special, um, but without actually copying it at all. Like, I was surprised going through this how different this is than Super Metroid. Yeah. You know, as an experience and everything, even though if they both have that kind of like, oh, exploration is gated by items feeling. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I have anything more to say about it. I'm very happy that we decided to revisit it. I'm also happy, yeah. like, a couple of years ago when we were talking about, like, hey, we need to do this eventually, like, our thought was, oh, this needs to be two episodes. It so doesn't. <laughs> no, no, no. That would have been, that would have been ridiculous. Because, yeah. like, the idea being that, like, the inverted castle would be a good second episode. Nope. Uh, but it wouldn't. <laughs> uh, and that's something that was fun. It's really, really fun to to go through and do this and have a, um, have new revelations after this is, you know, like, literally my seventh time yeah. playing the game, you know? Um, feels good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like, I'm glad it was a good choice for 150. Agreed. You know, um, and uh, even though I think that uh, some people may be surprised about, like, if we sounded negative on it, it's, you know, hopefully we did a good job of explaining the fact that those negative things, uh, while they're impossible to ignore, don't actually matter that much in the final estimation of the game. Like, right. it's still, if I was, you know, writing for game, this would be a full hair raiser if I was writing <laughs> for Game Pro in 1995, you know? Yeah. It is still a hair raiser, full mm -hmm. hair raiser. Um, what are we doing next time, Cole? Well, Gary, next time we are playing the PlayStation 2 um, uh, adventure game, Shadow of Destiny or Shadow of Memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got ahead. You're, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I dislike that game, but in a, in a fun way, and it took less time than other games I've disliked for the show. So yep. it is... Uh, I'm I'm still looking forward to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I knew our streak was too good yep. for a while. Like, it's just like... Uh, it's I knew fine. It was gonna, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was good. All right, we can't just do good games. We yeah, this, like, and this is not going to be the winner of a discontent, you know? No, 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 please no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to looking, you know, talking about that, like I said. And the things it does that are kind of cute um, are still cute. Right. Um, it, it actually suffers tons for us doing it in the same, like, calendar year that we did Day of the Tentacle. Mm. Or not calendar year, like, 
geographic year because for games that fuck around with time stuff like boy does this have some big shoes to fill and boy does it not <laughs> fill them like yeah um yeah that's uh, shadow destiny after that we're doing a poll yes and this is a first uh, for us because uh, around this time in the spring we tend to do special episodes like our topics episodes mm-hmm. so you might remember things like game books dungeons and dragons um interactive fiction as we did last year this time we're opening up to you guys yeah um what poll we do or what uh which special episode we do yeah so this poll may have been up uh before you heard this episode we want to give people time uh to uh to, to to look into this but we have three options which is fewer but also these are substantial things and they're all ones we want to do anyway mm-hmm. um so the options that we have kind of presented in no particular order are uh, pinball. Yes. Uh, and we should say what these would entail more or less, too. So yeah, yeah. pinball, like we're going to talk about the, the history of pinball. We're going to do our best um, attempt to mm-hmm. uh, to get pinball. We've been on the record so many times of like not really getting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to try to. We're going to try to get it. We're going <laughs> to talk about the history. We're going to go out to arcades in our hometowns and play a lot of pinball. Yep. And, uh, yeah, um, second option would be, uh, Nintendo power, uh, game magazines, but specifically kind of Nintendo power. Mm-hmm. So talk about our history with game magazines, talk about the history of that company or that, uh, that product, how it came out, kind of talk about some favorites, um, that would involve reading a lot, a bunch of Nintendo powers. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> Nestor. Um, <laughs> I forgot about Nestor. Uh, y'all forgot about Nestor. <laughs> um, yeah. So talking about Nintendo power, but kind of what that will bleed into game magazines in general. Yeah. 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 Um, and the third option is um, kind of creation software uh, uh, expressed in games. So things like Mario Paint, things like uh, MTV Music Maker, things like that. Yes. Uh, unlimited Adventures, um, things like that. Uh, pinball creation set. Mm. Um, we won't cover all those in detail. Right. Uh, Mario Paint will definitely get a front to back examination of that and the fun thing about choosing that option not to weigh the scales because i want to do all three of these mm-hmm. um is that part of that will be us making things in those things which we will definitely share yes so if uh you want to uh you know well, maybe we'll do an animation or something in mario paint maybe we'll <laughs> you know i will definitely like i've been known to do a mario paint song like i'll do something like that um fucking around with that stuff yeah um so kind of talking about the briefly talking about the history of those things again it can't be it's a survey course it's not yeah, a full yeah. examination because there can be a podcast about that on its own mm-hmm. um but kind of uh talking about a couple of those entries in detail and uh all of them in summary yeah so those will be on patreon those are open to anybody who uh, uh voting is open to anybody who backs us on that at any level so uh go to patreon.com slash duck tv uh look in the recent posts and you will find those yes um yeah and uh so if you want to become a patron if you want to vote on that you get a bunch of other stuff as well mm-hmm. um you can go to patreon.com forward slash duck tv as we mentioned um kicking us a couple bucks a month um a dollar gets you let you vote on those things mm-hmm. two dollars gets you into our slack channel five dollars gets you bonus address sufferings um and on and on mm-hmm. um ten dollars gets you app, uh, access to adaptation decay yep um, which is our monthly uh show about uh how video games uh, are adapted into other mediums yep um that's a good show i think um, i like it um, and people have told us they like it as well. So it's not just uh, us kind of pushing for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you get a lot of stuff for that and we really appreciate it. That's how, uh, how we pay our rent. Mm-hmm. That is how we, uh, do live shows every year. That's how we make this whole thing possible. Yes. Um, if you back at $10, you, uh, get put on the list for thanks during episodes. So Gary, let's ping pong through these. Yeah. Uh, so first I want to thank Jeremy Greer, uh, Jeremy Greer, uh, co-host of days of future cast, mm-hmm. uh, frequent bonfire side chat alum mm-hmm. and all around, uh, Great Southern gentleman. Yes. I don't need to put that qualifier on there. Uh, <laughs> all around Southern gentleman. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, prolific podcaster in his own right, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another podcaster, Zach Johnson uh, of the Video Games Hot Dog Podcast, uh, is a very generous backer. 
yeah, longtime supporter of us, and yeah. uh, we both are fans of him mm-hmm. and fans of his stuff. And thank you, Zach, of uh, of New Games Hot Dog, and also uh, creator uh, of Kingdom of Loathing, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, West of Loathing coming out soon, which yes. I'm really looking forward to. Me too. Um, well, you said that you said that in a very sexy, creepy voice. <laughs> Sorry about me that. Too. Me too. No, my, I'm, I'm, <sighs> I'm about to lose my voice. Gary, you've been talking for a very long time. That's right. <laughs> um, after that, uh, Chris Taps Utrops. Oh, drops. I'm not sure if, if I'm mispronouncing your name. I do apologize. Yes. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Chris Tops. Yeah. yeah. Um, Allison Baker. Again, and <laughs> a lot of these are friends. People that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess the lesson is you can buy our friendship. Yeah. I, it's uh, yeah. it's it's one of the things I've. <laughs> it's my my friend Will uh, has, has teased me about before. You know when <laughs> when uh, about that where it's just like you know hey buddy you just sold your friendship for two dollars a month like <laughs> you know as, as a thing about the Slack which is uh, is is a uh, has paid off better than it's it's hurt me yeah obviously um allison's great Uh, i love allison uh immensely Mm -hmm. and uh she is a good friend and a good person agreed yeah and uh and finally evan jones thorne also a good friend a good person Mm -hmm. who brought to life the cole ross uh, sex murder files um in addition to that uh is uh, also a a longtime supporter Mm -hmm. and booster yep um Uh, frequent frequent contributor contributor to uh radio free midworld yeah he's phenomenal um so yeah thanks everybody yeah um, um i'm trying to think of other things that uh that we can do by way of admin we talked about patreon um uh, we mentioned at the start of the show that uh you know small little format changes uh ways that we mark uh that, that we that we talk about the show anyway so keep that stuff in mind as we as as we look forward um uh we've talked about a uh, uh, file underwater on this show right yeah i think uh no no but we just talked about it in the bonfire side chat yeah um, yeah yeah so that's out by the time you uh you hear this um the first episode, the second episode will be out soon. Yep. Um, that is our uh, kind of era by era, year by year examination of the band REM. Mm-hmm. Um, reaction to the first episode has been positive. Yep. So uh, thank you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully you check that out. Um, you know, we have a bunch of different shows on the network. If you go to duckfeed.tv, you can see everything we have on offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's likely, you know, if you just like this show, if you haven't tried anything else, um, it is very likely that you will find something else that you like. Yeah. So. so yeah, I think that's just about it, unless there's anything else. No, I don't think so. Um, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should watch out for men. I hear their miserable piles of secrets. Umbasa. Umbasa. Mm-hmm.